0: Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Share this out, Show this out, Show this out. Right? Welcome. It's Friday, 3 p.m. West Coast America time. Peter. Peter from Ireland. Peter Coyle, my buddy. Welcome, brother. Share this out, Show this out. Okay, so it's Friday. We're going to be talking about the law of one again. Uh, if you have been... Having, let's start with if you guys are out there, because I know many people have, almost everybody, almost everyone that I've talked to that's aware of is have been having issues for the last two weeks, almost three weeks, almost this entire moon cycle. So just so you guys know, Monday is the new moon. So this moon cycle will be ending and things are getting better, but the energy has been crazy. Psychic mediums haven't have been able to make connection properly. They're having issues. Uh, uh, people's energy has, has been off. People have been doubting what's going on, and you had a lot of negative bombardment of energies. Denise, welcome. A lot of negative bombardment of energies uh, working on the ego, on the fear factor, the doubt factor on everybody for three weeks now because of this full moon, close to it, you know, 28-day cycle ends on Monday with the new moon, uh, literally. So now then we begin uh, waxing into a new moon. So I, I felt that it was waning, and uh, I don't think a lot of it, I don't think all of it was just the, uh, the moon cycle, because usually you get reports from a, a bunch of people Telling you, oh, the moon is in this uh, right now, and uh, you have this retrograde, and none of that was happening, and everybody was freaking out. And so I know that there was a lot of uh, opposition going on. So for those of you around the world that are listening to this, just know that today is is uh, July fourteenth, twenty twenty three, and um, literally wherever you are on the world, it's either July twenty or fourteenth or July fifteenth, depending on. Whether or not you know where you are on the planet, those of you in Australia, it's morning on the fifteenth over there. Uh, those of you in the UK, it's evening, <laughs> almost night or it is night, uh, but you know eight hours ahead of me. Uh, so, literally, guys, know that Monday uh, for those of you who are uh, on the just on the other side of the prime meridian from my time zone in California, uh, it'll be a Tuesday morning for you when the when the moon cycle reaches the new moon. So just know that, guys, there is relief in sight. Okay, so la- last week we were talking about um, people on Ascension with RAW in this session. and I'm backing up like a question or two just to cover where we were at so we can get in, in that before we, you know, so we can finish this session hopefully today. Um and move on to the next session. Penny, welcome. Like I said, share this out. I've, I've shared this to just my page alone. Uh, you know, we're obviously live uh, around the world on YouTube and on uh, Facebook and in three places now because I've shared it to another but I'm live on uh, Return to the Old Ways group and Orion Rising, the page. Uh, so like I said, share this out. Uh, share this or the um, thing from uh, YouTube uh, to, you know, let's get some people over there. Since I got my other channel deleted, I only have, I don't know, like 50 people or something following me over there. And I used to have thousands on the old channel a year ago when they deplatformed me off of uh, all Google products. I had to, luckily I had another account that I was using that was under my personal name, Uh, And now I'm starting to use that, but nobody knows about it. So it's just the people who are looking for it can find it, but all of my stuff was deleted. So you got to love that over 400 episodes of my show and other videos that I had done prior to that, right? Yeah. It's 11, 11 o'clock over there, Peter in the UK, 1109. Uh, It's 309 over here right now, 305 here. So we're right there around the same eight hours. Okay. So, Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with the law of one, but I wanted to mention that because we are aware that the energy has been uh, really, really intense. Uh, Even for myself, I don't know anyone who was untouched by the energy that's aware of what was going on. And, you know, I don't know anyone who wasn't, you know, people who weren't aware they were just having issues with their life and didn't understand what was happening. Um, you know, they, they just for them, it's just the algorithm that they're not even noticing. You know what I mean? They just all of a sudden they're fighting and, and angry. And while it's hot, it's July. And because of the heat, everybody uh, fights. That is just, just a lot of, you know, a very normal degree. Absolutely true. The hotter it is. So those of you who are down, you know, in Australia or wherever you're in wintertime now, but, you know, in your summer uh, in, in late December and January, it's really hot. And uh, people are just more angry. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. So that happens. That plays a, a, a part. And then the moon cycle plays a part. And and uh, personal algorithms play a part. These are things that we're trying to teach you guys about learning about. Because the truth is, if you're paying attention to all of that, uh, you literally can manage your energy better knowing that. Um, I, I literally, I was just talking to Cassie, who I don't think she's going to be here today because she's, Uh, on her way over to go and and spend some time with her friend Um, and so she was packing and said she was driving and she might try to to punch in to hear what we're talking about right so yeah penny says uh, the energy is crazy and i'm not sleeping even with the ac on that's it's just that way i've been having all kinds of dreams which i normally have anyway but these dreams have been uh completely different in uh, you know luckily i have Native American uh, shaman training, uh, especially for dream walking and, and the like. And um, I teach that, as a matter of fact, uh, I have for 30 years since I was taught by uh, Native Americans, um, who I don't even know if they're still around. I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen them in, in uh, 30 or 40 years since I saw them. I was thinking about it last night uh, because I was talking to somebody about the and teaching uh, the uh, shaman. Uh, Native American dream walking uh, and um, interpretation of dreams, and being able to take control of your dreams uh, and see and, and realize what's happening in them. Uh, and I was like, "Wow, who was it that was teaching me this?" And I remember, uh, I, I remember three of the of the Native Americans who were teaching me. Um, and I was like, "Wow!" I, and, and weird thing is, I only remember two of their their non-native names. I don't remember. Yellow Feather. I don't remember his uh, his uh, uh, non or you know Christian name. His non native name. I just knew him as Yellow Feather. But Chief White Cloud and his wife. I I know both of them. Um, and she was she was Little Dove and he was Chief White Cloud. I know their names. Their <laughs> their Christian or mundane names. I could remember them, but I couldn't remember uh, Yellow Feather's name. I just remember him and, and uh, working with him and talking to him. And, uh, and of course, Chief White Cloud was a, him and his wife were a big influence in my life. I spent a lot of time with them. Uh, they even took care of me and babysat myself and my brother and my sister. Uh, they were good friends with my um, family, with my father and my mother. So uh, I got I was lucky enough uh, to have the, a lot of Native Americans in my life that were uh, capable of uh, aiding in my training. Uh, in that respect, I only have, you know, 5% Native American DNA, but that's a crazy amount <laughs> just with that. So anybody who has more than that, I'm like, wow, bro, or, you know, man or woman, it doesn't matter. And, and the same with with Aborigines anywhere in the world, Australians, like Peter, or Peter, I'm sorry, like uh, Stephen and Evan Strong, uh, literally, the you know, uh, uh, Evan, uh, uh, no, Stephen, is uh, half uh, Aboriginal, um, so that would make uh, uh, Evan at least a quarter, if not more, depending on what his his mother's DNA had in there. So they have a lot of Native DNA, uh, and you can tell when you talk to them; they, they're just very spiritual. Uh, Native people uh, seem to be a lot more spiritual. Um, it, it, that's because of their old ways. They're they're more in tune and haven't changed their their spiritual paths as a, as a nation, as a people, uh, they, they refused. Some of them did and have integrated with society, but the, the old culture is still there. They would not allow the society to denigrate that, even though they've tried, uh, literally tried to commit genocide on all indigenous peoples around the world. And they still do are doing that. All governments are still doing that. I don't want to get too politically minded, but they are. Look at Australia and what they're doing there. It doesn't matter. Look at the Canadians and look at the American government here. And I don't know what it's like um, in Mexico or Central America or South America. Um, but I, I think that mostly um, because the people there are indigenous, they're they're um, related So I don't believe that there's as much of that going on there as there is in places where Europeans have shown up to try and take over the world. Uh, So I see that the culture is more embraced uh, going back thousands of years. Uh, I was just looking at maps of Peru and the, in the four or five uh, cities. Most people only know the names of a few uh, that are still there from thousands and thousands of years ago. Um, And I bring that up because of the dreams that I had last night, one in particular um, I was talking about with Cassie, and she would be able to attest to that if she were here. I was telling her the dream, literally, in the um, and there was not – I only told her the, the basic ideology, but literally in my dream, there were people in there that seemed to be – under the spell of something. And they were literally like taking out knives and chopping their fingers off, like at the top knuckle and, uh, and cutting it off. And that, and it just seemed like that was what they were uh, subconsciously doing, not consciously uh, doing it. And they, and they were doing it in a way like, I don't feel the pain to prove to whoever. Uh, And I was trying to figure out uh, how to stop them and uh, who was teaching them this. And um, I I, because of it being so surreal, you know, I immediately questioned this can't be real. This must be a dream. So something's going on here. Um, But I still need to investigate and figure this out Well, nobody was aware that they were doing anything wrong. So I kept looking and and couldn't find anyone. And then they were were even trying to help me. Even though they were doing things to themselves to harm themselves, they were trying to help me, but they still had no idea what was causing them to do it. In fact, they didn't even realize they were doing it, even when I told them. So I I then asked asked my ancestors and guides. Literally, I was, okay, this must be a dream. I need to find out what it is I'm missing here. So uh, I asked that question and, and the answer that I got, was uh, was that um, someone needs to show them the right way. And um, without anyone showing the people the right way, evil is taking control and showing them the wrong way. And I realized that it was a metaphor for obviously what's happening here uh, on the earth and, and uh, my mission of what I'm doing here. And uh, literally because of the energy of what's been going on, I've been questioning that mission as well. Uh, So literally I was kind of going over that obviously in my subconscious because it manifested in a dream where I had to take action and even trying to take action, I had to seek the proper course of action. I couldn't just stop them. They were still doing that anyway. So I had to figure out who was, who was causing it and try and find that person. And then I had to rely on uh, my ancestors and guides uh, for that information. And they, wouldn't give me the information, but they were giving me the tools to uh, figure out that information. And, it, and they were telling me it's not as important to find an individual who's causing this. It's more important to fix the problem and, uh, and get these people to uh, uh, change their ways and help also fix the problem instead of trying to solve it by cutting off the head, so to speak. So I literally, one guy was was just determined that he was going to help me. Meanwhile, he pulls out a knife and starts cutting his left pointer finger off. Uh, and he gets down to the bone and I stopped him physically stopped him. And he was unaware that he was doing any damage to himself at all. He he was uh, at a blank look. He didn't realize that it was happening. Like he was literally hypnotized under a spell. And I, and I stopped him from doing it, pulled his hand away. And then I put my hand over the finger, you know, and grabbed a hold of it thinking I have to stop the bleeding. And when I did, uh, I emanated the light and it healed his finger. And he was like, wow. And then I watched his eyes clear up. And uh, he said, thank you. What was going on? I don't understand. And I said, don't worry about that. I said, you have to help me um, uh, to guide everyone else to get them to learn what you've learned. And he said, I don't know how to do that. And I said, yes, you do. And I put my hand on his chest right over his heart. And again, my hand illuminated and it went into his body and illuminated his heart and his entire, uh, everything, his demeanor changed, his color changed. Uh, And he looked at me then and he smiled and he said, I understand and before that he didn't use that term he said understand before and now he says I understand and he says what can I do and I said just what I did go and show them and then tell them to show everyone else and that and and that will uh, eventually fix everyone and I realized that that uh, sometimes even myself with this energy what was going on in this last week that I was not appreciative of uh, or realizing how to utilize the information that I had. At my, and, and even today I was kind of talking smack about them, how they're up there telling us, hurry up, hurry up. And, and like this, if they order us around, and then when we turn on them and go, I'm sorry, you want to come down here? They go, hey, hey look, we're all one over here. It, yeah, but you have this passive aggressive attitude that down on earth, when you act like that, that is the sign that you are in service to self and that you're evil. So so, uh, you're really triggering me as a human being to look at you in a different light because you think you have the authority to order me around, but yet you don't have the ability to come down here and do what I'm doing. That's why you're up there, not down here, because you're afraid to be here and to do this. So don't try and tell me how to do my job when I'm down here because I'm really, really good at what I do so I'm not, this isn't my first rodeo. I'm not, I'm novice. This isn't the first time that I'm here. So why are you questioning what I'm doing? And, you know, of course, then they back off, but the, you know, the, the storyline in my dream was uh, was to, to stay focused and utilize the tools that I have uh, at my disposal and then pass that forward to other people, which is what I have been doing while I was down here. But it, the, the difference was that, Uh, I was questioning that uh, more than uh, normal, uh, even though outwardly I wasn't doing that, but inwardly I was. Some people I told about that because everybody was having problems. I just didn't admit it to to most people uh, for the reason of, of, um, you know, leadership. You don't want to do that. But I decided that now that it's almost over, I would go ahead and go, look, not all of it, not anyone that I know was immune to that, and you guys out there on the planet need to know that, uh, that sometimes uh, you guys think that we're impervious and how is it that they're doing what they're doing and nothing affects them. That is not true. We just don't let you know it, okay? I went to leadership training literally because my family was military and, and uh, not a joke and descendants of uh, kings, not a joke, DNA proven, so I went through a uh, management training and leadership training and all kinds of stuff for military training, governmental training, uh, even gentleman training, literally how to be an aristocrat, how to walk, talk, how to eat, how to stand, everything uh, that I've had to use uh, a few times in my life. And people would just look at me like, what language are you speaking all of a sudden? Uh, and that's not a joke. I just don't you know I don't talk like that when I don't have to but I, but there are times when I've had to do that and and people have looked at me and went wow you're a suck up you sound just like them and I'm like yeah well there's a they talk a certain way to fit in with one another it's the reason they do that english is the way it is currently this language that you're speaking is so hard to learn because rich people have a different version of the way they speak And you see that if you watch like the news and and hear them talk. Now they all talk with the same accent that I have here, uh, which is that I come from nowhere accent. That's what we call that because or I come from everywhere accent because it's not an accent that literally anyone has. Uh, It's a broadcast accent. Only most of what they say and how they say it is projecting fear to you. But when they're not trying to project fear, they sound just like me. Uh, right now, <laughs> I'm talking, uh, but they're trying to project fear uh, to you. So they have a fear tone that they practice that they hit, not a joke. Um, I can sense it. And most people can sense it. So I wanted to move forward because uh, this is what you're, you're getting the ascension with raw right now. So I'm, I'm bringing us back to what raw was talking about and someone else had posted, uh, you know, people were questioning reality and uh, a lot. I've seen that a lot on Facebook. And um Instagram and and all over uh, the internet, uh, where people are you know questioning things about reality, uh, literally asking questions like, you know, what is reality to you or what do you think of reality? And other people are saying, and I just answered one of these posts where someone was saying, did the did demons take over the world? And I was unaware of it because all of a sudden it seems like all of these people are doing this evil stuff. and and my response was, know that it's not all of a sudden. It's been going on for uh, tens of thousands, uh, 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 almost hundreds of thousands of years. It's just in this lifetime, you've never noticed it until now. And people are waking up, you guys around the world are, are seeing it for the first, and you're like, when did they do this? I can't believe that they're doing this. Have they? When did they start with this? And Who are these people? Uh, it, it's not that this is now something that just happened. This is the way it has been forever, and you're just now capable of seeing it. That's what's going on. Uh, somebody literally said, did CERN literally shift us into a different paradigm? And, uh, and I'm like, no, but you're close. The paradigm is shifted away from the evil control of the world. And because of that, more and more people are waking up exponentially because of the work that that you know billions now, billions of us, on this earth, are actually doing to fix this, and they are not able to hide like they were before because nothing has changed. You have uh, you have an MMA fighter over in Romania uh, who is being detained and arrested, and was in jail and is now under home arrest for seven months for uh, the crime of nothing. Um, he they're literally saying that he coerced by using, I posted this so you guys can see it. It's in the chats, I think, but it's definitely on my channel. Uh, it was Tucker Carlson went to Romania and sat down. I haven't watched the entire thing. I've watched the first hour and a half or hour of it. Yeah, uh, I haven't finished it. I'll finish that tonight after the show, uh, his interview. But um, uh, he actually watched him fight. He's an MMA fighter. And I was like, where did he go? Did he retire? And then now I found out what happened to, them, to him and he's in jail. And and literally they're claiming that the Romanian government is claiming that his crime is, um, is uh, human trafficking. And the charge to, to justify human trafficking is they're saying that he used his, his powers as a rich man and his powers of persuasion, and he was nice to women. And somehow, like a vampire, he charmed them and convinced them to become uh, um, uh, TikTok uh, in, you know, um, uh, influencers, and he was stealing their money from them. And when the government interviewed the women who they claimed that he did this to, they said, um, we're, I'm friends with him, but that's not going on. And the government said, oh no, you're completely brainwashed. You don't even know you're a victim, but we see it. So there is no corroborating storyline from anyone who they claim is his victim, but the government says we can, we know better because we can see that this happened and they are, are so oblivious to it, they don't even know that it has happened to them and he has taken advantage of them. Yet there's no money exchange anywhere. Uh, and they haven't even proved that these women are actually making money off of TikTok. But there is no trail of money going from TikTok to these women and from those women to him or to any bank that he controls or anything. Uh, and But they, they're holding him in, in prison without any other charges. And and he believes that that was done on purpose to shut him up because he's, he's teaching um, men to stand up and say no. Uh, and have the strength to be a man, a real man, and uh, look at governments or people and say, "I, you know what? I don't like what you're doing." And no, so they're so they're literally trumping up um, charges because he won't shut up. He has a podcast, and he won't shut up. So because of that, they put him in jail, and they have uh, uh, charges that are fake. And our government is complacent with it. No one in our government, and he's half English and he's half American. And holds dual citizenship in England, uh, the UK, and America, and neither country is doing anything to help him. They're uh, they're being belligerent to him and ignoring him, uh, and he believes they're behind it. That this is the the uh, people, the one percent that own the planet, or think they do, that are trying to shut him up because he is a a dissenting voice, and he won't be silenced, and he don't won't work with them. And so because of that, they're literally. Uh, going to put him in jail and they're trying to put him in jail for the rest of his life so and so literally you have that going on and this is you know, people are saying well this is new this has never happened uh, okay I'm Irish' I'm, I'm half I'm three quarters Irish and I'll tell you right now that in in the UK and Peter Coyle who's in this group who is also Irish will attest to this in the UK forever forever. The UK government, the Crown in England, have been arresting Irish people and putting them in jail with no charges and keeping them there until they die. Okay, and that is not a joke. And especially anybody that they have identified uh, back in the last hundred years as an uh, Irish Republican Army member, and many of them uh, in protest went on strike back in the 70s. I believe it was the 70s. Peter, correct me on the on the dates if I'm wrong here. 70s or 80s. And they literally went on a a hunger strike because they were being held without bail, without charges, and nobody would defend them and nobody would do anything. The Crown would not allow them out of jail. So they literally starved themselves to death, refused to eat. And many of them died. There were a lot who died, literally died of starvation while the government had them in prison. Does this sound familiar? So now let's come forward in time to, uh, you know, literally to January 6th uh, from 2020. And there are uh, still hundreds of people in a prison in the United States of America with no charges, no charges whatsoever. And no one in this government, these these so-called Republicans are supposed to be for the people and they want you to vote out these these Democrats that are in charge. But none of them are doing anything to free those uh those people or even squawking about why are they being held without charges the only person who talked about that was tucker carlson and the more he talked about that the more they went after him to try and get him off the air and they and they uh sued fox over the stuff that he had said and won the lawsuit and said part of the lawsuit is you have to fire tucker carlson so they did this has been confirmed this is not my conspiracy theory it was confirmed by personnel on the news uh, and government officials on the news when they when they talked about it live. I thought that prior to them saying it, and then they confirmed it when they said, no, this was part of the lawsuit, and he got fired because of what he was saying. So he was literally blowing the whistle on the government saying, why are these men or protesters being arrested and put in jail and not being charged or given the right to defend themselves in any way and just sitting there when, when that's against the Constitution of the United States? He wouldn't shut up, so they so they fired him. And then when he started talking about it again on Twitter, they filed a lawsuit and an injunction to try and get him to stop talking on Twitter because uh, they said that was against his contract that he had that they fired him. And so they're trying to still hold him to a contract that he can't talk to anybody else because they're trying to shut him up. And, of course, did he do that? No, he's still on the air. You should go to Twitter and, and watch him because he's blowing the whistle and always has been. And most people are like, I don't like Tucker Carlson. You don't if you're a Republican and you don't if you're a Democrat. It's the same thing when I start talking. That's why I don't go down that road of reporting on that religion as often. I could do an entire show just doing that. I used to. During COVID, I did that and got deleted and put in jail many, many times. Peter GV, who's finally back on Facebook, if you're in any of the chats or the groups that Peter's in, you know that he's been gone for almost a month. Why? He did the same thing. He made a comment that was was not uh was not conducive with what they're teaching and what they're saying and because he said that they literally penalized him by putting him in in Facebook jail for i guess a month now and he literally is just just got back on on air on Facebook and Messenger uh 2 days ago he was on Instagram which that which the same company Meta owns uh, but, but they run it obviously different because they didn't delete them off of that, unlike Google. When Google deletes you, they delete you off of even using their search engine. Trust me, I know. I did that a year ago last March. I literally could not even, on any device I owned, I could not use Google to do a search. I had to actually go to Google, uh, my Google Mail, Gmail, log out of that account. Uh, which was uh, not terminated, but it was it was illegal to use on this earth and log into a a different Gmail account. And then I could access uh, everything still. And that was my warning from Google that if you if you don't comply, we'll delete you and keep you off of the air on all of our products. Like that really was something that I was concerned with because there are still other search engines out there that they're not in control of uh, that I use anyways. Okay. And you guys know that like Duck Duck DuckDuckGo or DuckDuckGo. Yeah, duck is that what it's called? I can't remember. That's a game. I know that, but I think that's what it's called. Uh, and they don't control that one. So you can still use that. So I wasn't really concerned, but then I wanted to check on what happened to my YouTube account and found out they had deleted it uh, just like that. Gone. Deleted. Completely deplatformed. And then I've checked to see if I still had my other YouTube accounts because I have two. Now I had three, I have two now, and they're still uh, there and active. So I started uh, broadcasting on the one that I'm broadcasting on now, uh, starting all over with trying to build people up there. Uh, and, you know, I would go live on Rumble. But the problem with that is that, that that thing, oh, that's just as bad now as YouTube. When I tried to upload a video my show to Rumble, it took an over an hour for me to upload that video to Rumble. That is insane. It's literally whatever my show is, it's like a half of whatever it is. So if I have a three hour show, it's an hour and a half to upload. So it uploads literally in, in 1.5 time. Right. So it's literally in time and a half instead of uh, real time. That's insane. Uh, that's stupid. Right. So, but I may end up going on to Rumble or one of those other platforms and just do that. Or I might just start. And this is what I've been thinking about just starting to go back to, um, you know, uh, Spreaker and, and that. Uh, and, and go live on uh, you know on my uh, MP3 broadcast, and then just share that to these places. So you guys don't watch anything other than the if you're watching the video, you just see the Law of One poster, anyways. Uh, and uh, Dino Hewitt from uh, from Paranormal Into the Night and the Late Late Show, Late Late Horror Show. You guys should watch that. It's really fun, by the way. Um, he uh, has told me forever he's doing video now, but he's he used to do only audio forever and he does that and when he does his show he still just does radio and he's like you need to do radio that's not controlled by them uh, and you have a bigger reach on the world and that's literally where my audience is is over there not here but I still broadcast here uh, because I do have there's different uh, demographics of audience uh, the older people it used to be that YouTube or the yeah I'm sorry that Facebook was everybody and now all the kids are like only old people are on Facebook the truth is uh, in my demographic, on uh, Facebook is literally thirty three to sixty seven. Everybody below that is on TikTok and a few other places. Uh, and uh, that's not a joke. It's just the way it is. So it's so lines are drawn. And now, with Twitter and and this other uh, uh, Meta group, I forgot what they're calling it, which is Twitter uh, for all the progressives, they're hoping to wreck Twitter. Uh, by doing so, and now there's a battle going on, and and uh, you know, and and Musk is suing them, and and they'll probably get uh, uh, some judge that's on their team, and they'll pay him money, because let's be serious, Mark Zuckerberg has you know has uh, trillions of dollars, and he'll pay off the judges, and it'll go to the Supreme Court, and then there'll be a big thing, and they'll change a few things and change the name, and and uh, they'll it's just like they did with Windows and uh, the Macintosh, because they stole the the product from Uh, Apple and called it Windows uh, and got it out beforehand. And then they were able to get away with it because there were subtle differences. That's exactly what's going to happen. Again, mark my words on that. That's just like the whole investigation in the United States for the cocaine that showed up in in the White House, which they obviously know only a child would think, really? So the most secure building on the face of the earth they have no idea there was no fingerprints or DNA on this cocaine. So the person who had it on them made sure to wipe the outside and inside of whatever it was in—baggy, Ziploc baggy, briefcase, whatever it was in—so there was no nothing, no part of them at all before they set it down. That only a child would believe that. It had to be five years old to believe that. And the Secret Service, who who could who literally during 9/11 was able to find a guy who placed a pipe bomb sitting next to a a park bench, but never, you know what I mean? They were able to figure that out, but, of course, they never identified him. You know why? Because he was actually working for them. Whoops, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Uh, because it's just like the guy who, who go, was in the crowd telling the crowd to go in and attack and all of that. And, and it's on video and people were talking to him and it's showing his face and saying, you're a plant by the CIA or the FBI. And, and when the government in, investigated him, they were like, no, there's nothing to see there. Blatantly telling the world we need to go in there, in there, break down the doors and go in there. He literally said those words. And, and the government was like, hey, no, he's cool. There's nothing to see there. But the guys who were who were in, taking selfies are, are being held in prison right now with no bail and no charges against them until they confess to doing it. But that guy who was actually telling them to do it is okay. And I have to be five years old to believe that that was uh, just some dude that had nothing to do with antagonizing people to get them to go into the because uh, he afterwards said, I never said that. Really, that's weird, because there are 18 separate videos from 18 separate people that have you saying those things at different times of the day in different places, trying to get people to go into the uh, into the Capitol and break the doors down. I, I don't know what you're talking about. And the government's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It never happened. So my point here is to the world that there's a reason why Raw is coming through. I know you guys are like, oh my God, it's 30 minutes in. And what the hell is he talking about? He's talking about politics again. He just doesn't even know what the hell. This is supposed to be about spiritual stuff. You do realize that law that the law of one is Raw coming here and saying, there's this evil force of people and that their uh, modus operandi is to come down to the earth, take control of it and put evil people in charge. And they did that a long time ago, Anunnaki. And he did that a long time ago and uh, took over the world, War of the Gods, different places in the the Vedics of of India and the German telling of the story and the Romans telling of the story and the Atlanteans telling of the story and the Egyptians telling of the story of the exact same thing happening. And guess what? They came down here and what did they bring with them? Politics, the religion of evil. The governmental systems that are in charge on the planet now, the monetary system, the caste system, that is everything that Raw is telling you that the Orion Crusaders, although Raw usually calls them uh, the Orion uh, Confederation, I think is what he calls them. Uh, um, Not the Orion Coalition, because there is also a coalition of light that has uh, come here, a council of light that is here from Orion. And, uh, and we followed those yay after we kicked them out of Orion and came here to help uh, and kicked them out of here. And now we're repairing the damage that is being done. That was what my dream was about, was about them showing me stay on point, stay on point, mission, stay on point. It's working. And, uh, and literally, uh, I was on, and I think Penny was there. Denise was there. Dev- Denise was there, I'm pretty sure. I think she did a reading just on her before me. Uh, And literally, um, I literally made sure to ask about mission point timelines to her. And that was just the other day, what, yesterday or the day before. I don't remember exactly now because my timelines get really weirded out, especially once I go to sleep because, and she even said that there, because I don't sleep. Most of you guys don't know if you're doing anything when you sleep. I am out of body doing things all night long and, and, and talking to people and, I'm not kidding you. And she even said that. She's like, my God, you're out of your body at night and you're running around doing things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Denise, that was yesterday, right? Thank you. <laughs> my timeline gets a little messed up. Sometimes I, I don't know. I was, as I was saying that, I was like, wait a minute, was this tomorrow or was this yesterday or two days ago? And I'm like, oh, I don't remember now. And so that happens when you, when you get to a certain place, you start, everything starts to mold into, cause you get closer to the reality of now. And uh, being able to perceive the past and the future in the present all as one, and so because of that you get confused sometimes about your timeline. And I just did that, and I was like, "Wait, is this is this? Am I talking about a, a reading that Jamie's going to do tomorrow, <laughs> or was that yesterday?" Thank you for giving me that. It was yesterday. So literally, if you guys saw that, you know what I'm talking about. Denise was there, so she knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, and I specifically, I normally, if you watch. I normally don't ask any questions of a psychic ever. I let them just tell me whatever that there happens to be in the universe for me to know about. Uh, and so I, I, I make it a little harder on uh, some of the, on, on some of the psychics by not hold on. I'm going uh, to turn segment on here. Sorry. Uh, so I, I literally uh, make it a little hard on them by not asking any questions on purpose so that uh, I get a, a different reading so that they don't have anything to read into, is my point, right? Uh, so literally that's why I do that. Well, this time I want—I I pointed the questions. Uh, I pointed a question on purpose uh, uh to her to because of uh, the of what was going on uh you know in, in the world for me uh and uh she literally was basically saying the same thing in my dream set so um uh, you know some people could say well she effect- infected or affected my dream uh right and right so you know denise is saying, no you never do with jamie uh my readings i know right your readings blow my mind she says i yeah it does her with her too uh, and there's a reason why that that there are like three of us that she reads, four of us that she reads that uh, really give her a wow factor, uh, and there's a reason for that because it's it's actually helping her to expand her consciousness because she has a um, she's not uh, completely unveiled and so, so there's part of her uh, memory that she doesn't have yet which she will have. She's far stronger than she even knows, um, but it's up to her to choose to either um, wake up further or just stay where she is. Uh, And we're aware of that. So I'm I'm always we're always going in and having her doing these reads, and She's like, oh, man, (laughs) because of how crazy this stuff sounds to people. Uh, If you guys have seen her read me or Cassie or or um, there's a couple of people, I won't go past that. But it's definitely Cassie and myself uh, and a couple others, you know, Denise, you're in there all the time. Penny's in there, too. So you guys see the readings. That we, you know, she doesn't know this stuff about us, and we do this on purpose to have her read us. And I know that when I show up, she's like, "Oh man, here goes Leo again," right? I know that she does that, and but it's uh, it's done on purpose. She's going to wake up, uh, and she's going to to um, if she chooses to, because she's really, really a, a very powerful, like an oracle, powerful, and uh, she's. I think she's starting to realize that. Uh, you know what I mean? And and I like her humility. Uh, where literally yesterday, I think she was reading you, Denise, when she was saying, "Am I making this up? Tell me I'm not making this up. Please make it stronger." And you could see, I could see there that she was having problems communicating, and that that was uh, due to this energy that's been going on in this month that that uh, uh, people that are mediums were having issues communicating with the other side. And I and I, and I was making sure to visit different mediums without their knowledge uh, or without telling them about it, especially. To witness this of what was going on, and it is the time of year here in the United States. But moreover, there's a there's you know negative energy that uh, works uh, at the time of year that this is worldwide. So they they literally uh, use the energy in the whatever the summertime is for whatever uh, country that you're in. And in midsummer when it's really hot, and so you guys are already having issues during a full moon cycle, usually in in, like here, it's in July. So whatever that July weather for you in your country is identical to this July weather for the North American continent uh, of the world, that hottest part of the year, wherever you are, Australia, UK, Africa, whatever is that same time period in whatever month that is for you, you know what that month cycle is. If you live there and you've been there for more than two years, you've gotten used to the cycle. So whenever it is mid-summer, Uh, For you, whatever that month is, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, because somewhere on the earth, wherever you are, you're one of those months. Right. All of the every month of the year somewhere in there is your summer. And you'll notice that during that hottest part of the year, you're going to also find that right there in the mid summer portion of the of your summer at around the solstice in a full moon, the closest to both. You're going to see that there's a far more negative energy that's attacking everyone in that region. And that goes on here on the earth. And I don't normally tell people about it because they get scared and that will manifest it even more. But now that it's almost over, I'm explaining it. And no one's going to remember it next year when it comes up because most people have a short-term memory. Uh, so next year around July uh, 10th, 4th, going into the 4th through the 17th to the 20th in, in that time period, uh, next year no one's going to remember it unless I bring it up again. <laughs> right? It's another reason why I posted a, the new reel showing the earth chakra points. Uh, done by three different people. Two of the things were done by the same guy, and he's got credit. His name is on there. I can't think of his name right now, but uh showing. And then the, the tone, if you watch my reel or short or whatever it is, uh, depending on what, what platform you watch it, and it's about the earth chakras, and it shows you where the earth chakras and the uh, other uh, gateways Uh, around the world that shows you the locations of them currently on the earth where they currently are. I'm uh, 240 miles uh, or no, I'm sorry, 140 miles south of uh, Mount Shasta, which is the um, uh, base red ray root chakra of the planet. I'm literally just uh, two hours or an hour and a half, one hour and 29 minutes uh, uh, by freeway away from that chakra, so the actual zone of the chakra. I'm actually in the zone of the of the Earth's uh, red ray root chakra. Uh, and those of you who live in Australia, you know about. And I know that Stephen and Evan do because they go and do uh, uh, rituals and and uh, things at Uluru. Uluru uh, is another chakra. That's the sacral chakra, uh, the solar plexus of the Earth. And uh, literally the, the um, heart chakra and third eye uh, chakra, the third eye chakra wanders around the planet. The heart chakra is in England at, at Stonehenge in that, in that region of England. And the third eye is just west of that. So literally two chakras are currently residing in uh, and around. And that's why Stonehenge was built where it was because the heart chakra was there in that exact spot. and has shifted slightly because of the way the earth um, has been redrawn by the negative energy. Uh, But we're fixing that. And that first time anyone said that out loud was Jamie yesterday in that reading. For those of you who were there, I've never said this out loud before. And she said, you're actually a timeline and you're fixing you're changing the earth's grid and you're do you're doing that. And I was like, wow, I've never said that to anyone and I've never said it anywhere in any post. So she couldn't have uh, read that or heard that from someone in passing because uh, I've never said that out loud. And, I, and, and yes, that, that's what's going on. We're literally fixing. That's why the earth is tilting slowly back to the position that it was in uh, 12,000 years ago. And literally, we're still off 32.5 uh, degrees off of plum, but we used to be further off than that. Or now it's 23. I, I'm sorry. That's why that 23 number keeps coming up to you guys a lot. 23.5 degrees the planet is off, and so 23 is a number that keeps reoccurring to people over and over and over. 23, 23, 23. Why 23? Because you're because the Earth is is wounded and is off-kilter 23.5 degrees, and we're, and we're getting back to 23. We're almost at, we're actually no longer at 23.5. We're at like 23.25 or 23.23. And because of that, that number is reoccurring, and I've never mentioned this. Uh, to, and even when people have talked to me, I've said, you need to look up the number 23 and see why that number uh is uh is a, a, a factor you know cuz guys like uh, um what's his name the basketball player I can, I can think I can't think of his name right now he now is a co-owner of of a NASCAR um team uh with Denny Hamlin who was 11 and his number was 23 and they call it 2311 they call that their their company is is called 2311 from their two numbers and both of those numbers are in fact 22 is uh an ascended master number and 11 is an ascended master number and the 23 is uh, is the energy current energy of the earth and the reason i say that is because if you watch my reel the sound you're hearing is is actually um what is it it's uh, I, I forget the exact number peter what's the resonance of the earth 7.34 7.48 uh megahertz Uh, or hertz, not megahertz, Uh, and and literally, so if you watch my reel or short or whatever, if you're on Facebook or Instagram or uh, YouTube, you'll see that reel, and it shows you all of those. The sound you're hearing is the actual resonance frequency of the earth. It's what it sounds like. It's what the earth actually gives off as a sound. It's alive, and it's resonating at that particular sound frequency. Uh, So I'm showing you the earth chakras uh, and where they're where they currently are, and um, and also where these other alignments of gateways are, gateway chakras uh, that uh, that are on the planet, and I'm, and I'm giving you the sound of the planet. There's a reason that I'm doing all of that, and that's why the uh, planet is the planet is tilted off of its axis. And it was a lot further, and it's riding itself slowly. And as it rides itself, the moon is moving away at the, away from our gravitational pull at exactly the same rate of speed and exactly the same distance. As we uh, ride ourselves, the moon is actually pulling away further and further away from us because the moon is actually keeping the Earth's cycles of the ocean and uh, tides and, and uh, seasons happening. The moon is actually doing that. And as it pulls further away from us, it would be less and less we would be having problems. But because our planet is riding itself and coming back up to the zero point, um, once it gets to that zero point, we won't have to have all the seasons that we have. We won't have to have because the planet will make the proper seasons the way they were um, 75,000 years ago. And uh, the same with the tides will be back to the way they were supposed to be. So our storms and everything that we're feeling now uh, will settle down quite a bit, earthquakes will slow down, uh, the planet will feel better and we're, we're healing the planet. But as we're doing that, we have to shift the ley lines back to the way they were um, uh, 75,000 years ago. Um, yes, uh, the, Denise says, she asked the question, she said, Leo, why is the earth tilted? Evil, question mark, yes. That's exactly why it actually was tilted when the Atlanteans were here uh, and their descendants are still here. Uh, some of the spirits that were here as Atlanteans are still here as humans now. They're the the, rich and the elite that, it, that make sure they come back into the same family always as they uh, reincarnate. They literally screwed up the planet because they were screwing with 3, 6, and 9, and they literally stopped the rotation of the earth. the the core of the earth stopped moving and the planet flipped over on its axis, on its axis, not access, axis, flipped over. South became North, North became South, and then it flipped back up. And this, this happened in, in uh, a a 24 hour time period, by the way, Uh, wreaked complete havoc on the planet, caused the ice age to melt, caused the sea level to rise more than 500 feet. This was the deluge Uh, This was when Atlantis sank into the ocean because the ocean actually engulfed Atlantis, cooled down the planet by uh, seven degrees, eight degrees, because all the water from the north uh, flowed into the oceans to fill the oceans. Um, It also bursted the the ionosphere, and we had uh, about a billion deciliters of water in the ionosphere. That's the, the, the buffer between space and Earth. Um, that's why Copernicus and all those guys could look at the moon and see the craters and look at the stars and use a crude telescope and see things better than we can see now with the Hubble uh, telescope. It was because uh, literally the dome of the sky, which is not flat because a flat dome doesn't act this way, um, but, uh, but a curved dome with water in it acted like a lens uh, on the planet. People are unaware of the scientists know what I'm saying to be true. They know this and they know it happened, but they don't know what caused it. But literally, the catastrophic event. and Some people blame it on a uh, on the uh, a, a, a satellite planet that flew into our solar system. That did happen seventy five thousand years ago, but twelve thousand years ago, it happened again. Seventy five thousand years ago, there was a there was a meteor that was that was a planet that came. We ended up moving into an area, and the planet got into our orbit around the sun and was going crazy. And there's you can read about it. The Romans wrote about it. This planet went crazy, and uh, and that changed everything, and then it got locked into an orbit, and then uh, the things had to go back to normal. Well, that was 75,000, 74,000, they're correcting me in my head, 74,732 years ago, they're telling me, six months, three days, 18 hours, and 47 seconds. <laughs> I'm not making that up, that all just came into my head. So <laughs> evil people, Denise, to get back on point, Rick, welcome. Uh Atlanteans, there was a war of the gods that uh, the Indians, the, the you know Indians from India uh, tell about in their stories. That, uh, and literally, Japanese tell about it. Literally the Egyptians tell about it. Literally, the Celts tell about it. The Germans uh, tell about this war of the gods that happened, and that was uh, a civil war that went on between the Atlanteans. Those were the people who came here from Moldek uh, after they destroyed uh, the two and a half planets. Uh, in a war with uh, with uh, another solar system, and uh, they came here and became the Atlanteans and took over, and then they were screwing around with uh, three, six, and nine, and they accidentally stopped the Earth from turning. The core stopped, and what happens is the mantle will continue to slosh, uh, just which will happen with liquid. And so what happened was that caused the Earth to flip over on its axis and flip back up. And when that happened, all of the uh, the crust floating on top of the mantle shifted and continued shifting until they got it to turn back on. And wherever it is that inertia took all of the landmasses is where they ended up. And that was that is where the chakra points of the planet uh, became. And it wasn't really, really far off because it righted itself, but it is off. So literally right now, Glassenbury is where the heart chakra is, and it's supposed to be in in, um, in exactly where Stonehenge was at the center of the heart chakra. And so it's off by a few hundred miles. So the same thing for here in the United States, it's now Mount Shasta, which is a volcano, but it's slightly off from zero point. All of the chakras are slightly off, but they're very, very close. But they're wounded. The entire planet's energy was wounded by this. And, it's, and the chakras are still spinning close to the same area. But the ley lines uh, are shifted away from the chakras. And we're reattaching and moving the energy of the ley lines back to the chakras. And this is what these uh, people around the world who are doing all of these ceremonies at all of these chakra points that you guys don't know about. That didn't know they were chakra points that we've known about forever uh do these things on the solstices on full moons on new moons you have a whole group of people druids uh from old who are now uh in the in the modern era in a different body and they don't know why they're doing it but they know they have to go there and do it some of them know that it's the chakra point of the planet some of them don't and they just have this lore that they have to do things there and And they they know that it's a sacred place, but then some of them, people don't know that it's a chakra point. So if you ask the Aborigines, they remember that it's actually a chakra point. Uh, And and that's why the Druids uh, were working at uh, Stonehenge. They knew, and they still go there and do uh, things now. So some people who are the souls who were still there here now that were here thousands of years ago are still going to these places and, and, and doing ceremonies uh, because uh, somewhere in their um, subconscious or superconscious, they were part of the, the, and they're here as wanderers to shift the energy and pull it back to those points, and that's what we've been doing for thousands of years, uh, and we're continuing to do that. Uh, and I've never really announced that to the world, but since uh, since, since Jamie uh, Jamie Watson Wolf told everybody uh, when she did my reading yesterday. Uh, So the evil people were stranded here, to finish that tale for you, Denise. The evil people were stuck here and the good people left during the war. And the evil people, of course, said, we drove them out and won the war and so we're in charge. That's not what happened. They left and and, uh, thought they had killed most of the people that were here, but stranded them. So it took away their technology so that they couldn't leave the planet. They imprisoned them. So they adopted that story and said, we're a penal colony and that we're all in prison. And that's because this is their prison and they haven't been able to get off world. And it took them uh, almost 12,000 years to get the technology back to get off world because they lost the technology and the knowledge of it, only the memory of it. So they didn't know how to reproduce it and they couldn't reproduce it. So it's literally taking them almost 12,000 years to get themselves to a place where they can get off world again. Uh, and so this was their prison. So part of that is true. And that's the part that I try to tell people when they go we're a penal colony. No, we're not. But, but those people are. So the rich and the elites that are here that say, claim they own the planet, their descendants, and some of them are reincarnated spirits, because they're evil, they won't, uh, they won't ascend. So they are literally the Atlanteans and they they're just in a different body now but in the same families they keep coming back because they they all are stuck 666 the number of the beast is is their broken record and they they exist only here and they refuse to believe in something of, of a higher source so they they screwed the planet up and made it crooked and that's why that term that we use that person's crooked as hell well crooked literally means on uh, not upright not uh not zero point not Uh, in service to others and uh, in a perfect uh, um, setting in your body. That's why Jesus and all the other uh, people that came here before and after him that were talking about aligning your chakras and be upright. That's literally when you get knighted, because I have been knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic, Holy Roman Catholic See, literally the, the creed that they tell you your oath is be upright. And that means, To literally balance yourself and be perfect, as perfect as you can as a soul in service to others. And they literally say, be upright and defend the defenseless speak of the truth even if it leads to your death it is a way of life not just a, a name that you get not just a, a, a title so literally so that's why i tell people watch um, uh, kingdom of heaven because in that movie when bailey and knights everybody to go into battle that's literally almost 100 word for word they did their homework they must have gotten a hold of somebody who was uh, a knight of Columbus. Or a, or a Freemason at a very high degree, 33rd degree uh, uh, Master Mason, to know those words uh, because those have been kept secret. And when I heard them in the movie the first time, I went, what? That's almost literally 100% the words. And it could be a version of them uh, because they did change them uh, slightly because they changed the ceremony slightly. So that might be an even older one, but the whole, the whole hand slap in the face uh, a thing is still a, a, a thing. It happens to you when you get knighted. Uh, literally, you get—you know—they don't backhand you as hard as they did to the kid, but that's the way they used to do it. They tell you that forever it was that way. You got backhanded across your face, right in the right in the in the in the, in the snout, and ended up with a bloody mouth or a bloody nose. And they would say, and that's for so that you remember your oath uh, because that action uh, hurts. And it can make you knock out a tooth or break your nose. And you'll remember your oath. If You'll take it seriously is what it's about. So they actually don't do that and smack you that hard anymore. But they do, uh you know, something similar to that. And then they explain to you that they used to smack you in the face, uh, backhand you uh, in the face and make it hurt. Uh, and then when I saw that in that movie, uh, I was like, wow, okay, that's somebody that... They, they really seriously uh, figured, you know, figured that out. So the reason for that is there's the upright not to be crooked, not to be off kilter 23.5, and now it's 23.23 degrees. Uh, and uh, so to not be crooked, to not be evil. So yes, to answer the question, Denise, it was evil people that screwed the planet up. And now we're fixing the planet is riding itself as our energy of the entire species uplifts. We're helping the planet, uh, whether you know it or not, and uh, those of us who are aware of it and have been aware of it for thousands of years, you can look back in history and see for a fact, just like people who are singers who sing about uh, about your freedom and sing about you being stuck and how to get unstuck, sing about spirituality, not just religious singings, but them too. Uh, And you have these people that people think are evil, like Rob Halford, who is in a band called Judas Priest, and everybody thought they were satanic. But if you listen to their lyrics, it's completely opposite, (laughs) right? They're completely singing about uh, spirituality in a positive light, not in a negative. These people are bards, and they're aware of it. They have the ability to make songs that have energy, power, and are uh, shaping your a vibration in a positive light, and they do it on purpose. There's a, a, a band uh, I played a lot in some of the groups literally called Blind Guardian. That is a, a Druid uh, term, and that is literally a, a Bard term. And the band has their most famous song is the Bard song in the forest because there's a different version. and uh, and that And literally they also have a song called Valhalla, which is a speed metal death metal song singing about uh, ascending to heaven for Vikings. Uh, and they're, they're known to be a death metal band, just like the uh, Amala Marth who only sings about Vikings. Most of their songs is about uh, are about not is that's not proper English are about spirituality in the Bohemian way. What we over here call the Bohemian way, uh, which the, the, they've kind of adopted that it used to be called something different. You know, the way of Odin and Thor and uh, the, the way of the Viking, but not just the the hacking, raping and pillaging way. Uh, and the, the same thing goes when you look at these people all over the world that are doing these things. Those of us who are Druids, we know we know when we hear a bard singing, we hear bard songs. Uh, we can tell the magic that is in there. So whether they're aware of it or not, most of the time they are. They're, they may not be aware that they were and they've always been a druid. They may not be aware, but they have the know, the knowledge that they have this ability uh, and that they have this drive to have to uh, write these songs. And that's why Rob Halford, even when he left the band, which he's back with Judas Priest now, but even when he left the band on his own, um, he only rarely sang songs that were not about spirituality and all of his albums were about spirituality and you know you go to these bands like Led Zeppelin and and you know I've talked about you know the, the guys from uh uh many different bands except which is a rock band from the 70s and 80s or 80s and 90s um you know the Eagles uh with their songs Hotel California it's about being stuck and, and uh, Stairway to Heaven by by the by the by Led Zeppelin so these these bands around the world in Green Day today uh, that got themselves into trouble because of singing about spirituality and where and were people were trying to cancel them for a while. Uh, and the guys that were in, um, in the Irish rap band uh, um, who sang that song, I can't think of the name of the band now, they sang that song, Jump Around, uh, you know, Top of the Morning to You. And uh, they split up, but the they guys started their own bands and they, they talked about spirituality. Uh, and the, some of them were not rap. They, they went away from that hard rap and got into pop and and uh, soul. Uh, and the, some of these guys, you, you would be surprised. And the same thing happened with the Eagles. They all split up and Don Henley and all those guys started their own bands. Uh, and now they're, you know, doing their last tour. But they all were singing about the same things. They're bards from old. I know their souls. Um, and I recognize in a bard, uh, especially Druids and Wiccans, I recognize and are drawn to these bands and some people don't know why it's because they're bards they're they're singing music that that are uh you know tool um, let's be serious those guys do math uh in their in their uh every part of the writing of the songs and uh and maynard is literally singing about spirituality and and this reality uh they're bards and they and they literally know that they have a mission to do this and they they've re, every time they come here They're another band (laughs) throughout time. They've been singers and musicians for thousands of years. It's what they came here to do. Uh, You guys don't realize that that people play parts uh, and they they, uh, bring tools and they reincarnate and do the same things over. So some of these people that you know now, like Johann Sebastian Bach, his great grandson, uh, Sebastian Bach, was in the band called Skid Row. Uh, and he's also a bard and realizes that his, his grandfather, great-grandfather, was a was a bard as well. And what he doesn't know is that he's the same soul. <laughs> he, he really is. Uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. He's Sebastian Bach now, and he was Johann Bach <laughs> two, four, three generations ago. So that that is the kind of stuff that some of us know when we see them, but we can't tell them that because they're driven to do what they're doing and, and they're not awake enough and we can't just say things. I can say it out loud, and if Sebastian Bach hears this, he may not believe me unless he's awake enough, and then he'll laugh and go, well, I didn't think anybody knew that about me. Okay, so now that I've gone over an hour before playing any of RAW, um, but this was important because we're literally talking about the ascension and uh, people not ascending uh in this uh in this thing um right yeah house of pain thank you peter i couldn't think of the name peter uh, Coyle in ireland said jump around was sung by the band house of pain yes and i should know that they're american from philadelphia from the skid from skid row you know from hell's kitchen uh over here in the united states irish kids from hell's kitchen in the united states and yeah i love that band they were they were a great band their songs were raw in your face uh, you know, it's, it, there's a bunch of bands, a few that came out of Ireland that are doing the same very famous people and bands from Ireland who sing that style of rock that um, that those of us who are into that European style love that, especially that um, Irish style that those bands over there uh, sing that come out that have come out of are legendary in Europe and America, uh, still legendary here, but not as big as as uh, they are on the rest of the world. Uh, and that style, they're bards, and we know it. They know it, uh, and they sing every kind of rock, rockabilly, blues, rock and roll. Uh, you know, even like the band the Cranberries. Uh, you know, they were singing against all this violence and control. By you know, they had that song "Zombie." that, that uh, what's her name saying? Uh, literally, that that song was about the the control and the manifestation of our thoughts that are forcing the uh, people in the IRA to continue to fight and and everybody thought that they were against the IRA and that they were for the english control but they weren't they were literally saying that they're trapped because of the reality that we are co-creating in in this reality that was forcing the IRA to have to fight not that and they were saying they're zombies but they weren't saying that they that they, they were saying they don't have any choice. They have to do what they're doing. But they weren't singing from the standpoint of most people thought they were, you know, Northern Ireland, Ireland, because they were from there. But they all thought they were, uh, you know, uh, against the IRA and freedom for Ireland. But they weren't. And the, the real Irish knew that uh, that they were they were saying, we don't have a choice because of what you're creating in this earth. We ha- they have to fight. But they came at it from a standpoint of getting around the censors to where the people that were in charge would go, oh, yeah, let them play that song because they were trying to tell the Irish to sit down and not be what they're being. That's not what that song was about. If you ever talk to the people who wrote it and sang it, well, you can't talk to her anymore because she's passed. But the rest of the band, um, you'll see that they literally... Uh, we're, we're not it was the opposite listen to the rest of their music. Okay, let's get into having raw play some some stuff out here uh, And you'll see how it ties in because we're talking about the ascension. Uh, give me a sound check Let me know if it's loud enough and then we'll continue this session. Okay, so here we go
1: 20.29 questioner am I to understand then there was neither a harvestable entities of positive or negative polarity at the end of that 25,000 years raw. I am raw. This is correct. Those whom you call the Orion Group made one attempt to offer information to those of third density during that cycle. However, the information did not fall upon the ears of any who were concerned to follow this path to polarity. 20.30 Questioner, what technique did the Orion Group use to give this information? Ra, I am Ra. The technique used was of two kinds. 1. The thought transfer or what you may call telepathy. 2 the arrangement of certain stones in order to suggest strong influences of power, this being those of statues and of rock formations in your Pacific areas, as you now call them, and to an extent in your Central American regions, as you now understand them.
0: Right, now you see why I was talking about Peru and Stonehenge, right? So I wasn't rambling on, <laughs> I want to point that out. <laughs> the reason I brought that up is because all of these places, Sacsayhuaman, uh, Machu Picchu, Uh, all these different places around the world where you have uh, these, uh, these big uh, stone, uh, you know, um, Cusco uh, in Peru, where you have uh, different, uh, different places where all these things we found since then Central America, where all the Aztecs were in, 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 in Quetzalcoatl and, and all of that, those were all done uh, to show people. And that, so that is the pyramids in Egypt as well. Uh, in the pyramids all around the world, all these structures that we're finding that date back to more than 12,000 years ago. uh, And some of them even further back than that in these different places were erected there because they would stand the test of time and it would get people's attention and people would look into that. And uh, eventually when we had the technology like now, go and check the vibrations and mathematical equations Uh, in resonances of these places, which is what science has been doing for the last, uh, you know, well, forever, they were checking out everything they could, but all of the vibrations and all of that, literally in the last uh, 30 years, 40 years now, uh, this has been uh, the case. So all of these were put into these places around the world on purpose for us to find now, knowing that it would, that it would transcend past the, the, um, uh, the time when, People were going to because they knew about it. We know about that with the Aztecs and the Mayans with their calendar, knew there was going to be a calamity and that we were going to lose the memory of the past and have to reestablish and find it in the future. So just like uh, passages in the Bibles that were written down and then locked up and sealed for people in the future, these, uh, these places were also buried right over there in Peru. We know about that buried into the ground or uh, you know or uh, left and um, you know the the earth uh, grew back over it but but that we found them people went and found them And uh, started digging them back up and exposing them and then investigating them. This was done on purpose. And that's literally why I brought up everything that I brought up, because that's everywhere in the world. Uluru, all these places, Shasta, all these places. People are drawn to all of the places where the chakra points are and there's structures that we're finding at those exact places that were placed there thousands, tens of thousands of years ago and sometimes further back than that. And we're trying to discover why they're there. And then, of course, what are we doing? We're investigating that. We're getting on to it. And now, come forward into the future, we know their chakra points. We know the ley lines. We know that they've shifted. We know the knowledge of all the things we didn't know a 1,000 years ago, 500 years ago. We had no clue on this planet of any of that. And now we know the, we know the answers somewhat, not all of them, but we're getting there. Why? Because this was all done on purpose. Okay, so let's continue.
1: 20.31 questioner, are you speaking in part of the stone heads of Easter Island? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. 20.32 questioner, how would such stone heads influence a people to take the path of service to self?
0: And those stone heads are all facing east. And if you literally draw a line from the the uh, Rapa Nui facing east and you go along that meridian line, it crosses through uh, Egypt and goes to Mecca. <laughs> and it faces east to do east where the sun comes up in the morning. So, so they literally were showing us li- places literally uh, on the planet. that They were drawing lines and showing us uh, this information that if we paid attention, it was esoteric. If we paid attention uh, and opened our eyes, like the Rapa Nui had their eyes wide open, big eyes looking uh, in that direction, what is east of here, and then people have made this connection and drawn a line uh, east, and there's other things that face north, and they're right along meridians, they're right along ley lines, they're right along chakra points, Uh, and they, they point you to these places, and some point up off of the earth, and point you to other places in the universe, like Uh, The pyramids at Giza, which is also a chakra point, it's the navel chakra, and that uh, points up to the stars. And guess what? That points to Orion, which is exactly the belt of Orion, is exactly the same uh, uh, shape as those pyramids on Giza in the same positioning. And that was in the sky exactly 12,000 years ago, directly above uh, in the night sky when those were put into place. So all of that is telling you something. It's pointing to knowledge for you to unlock and to see.
1: Ra, I am Ra. Picture, if you will, the entities living in such a way that their mind slash body slash spirit complexes are at what seems to be the mercy of forces which they cannot control. Given a charged entity such as a statue or a rock formation charged with nothing but power, it is possible for the free will of those viewing this particular structure or formation to ascribe to this power, power over those things which cannot be controlled. This, then, has the potential for the further distortion to power over other selves. 20.33 20.33 questioner. How were these stone heads constructed? Ra, I am Ra. These were constructed by thought after a scanning of the deep mind. The trunk of mind tree, looking at the images most likely to cause the experience of awe in the viewer.
0: Okay, I wanted to stop there because this is very important. So the trunk of mind tree. Do you did you hear that? I wanted to point that out. The trunk of mind tree. The reason I wanted to point that out is I've been waiting now for almost a week. <laughs> Literally, I've been waiting six days to talk about this um, because I I realized it even more so than I had before in a clarity way on something really simple from the movie Thor. Uh, And I think I talked about it slightly last week, but we didn't get to this point in the show or or of the session uh, for me to get into it. But the mind trunk, right, The, the tree of life in the mind of the human psyche was accessed telepathically to then put these images around the earth in these places so that it would trigger in every human subconsciously or superconsciously to be drawn to these places and to look for them and to figure them out. Done on purpose, okay? The reason I say that is because all of these things are pointing around the world, and I, I talk about this in my book. Uh, all these things are, you know, you heard, you know, these sayings, and people don't know really understand what they mean. As above, so below; as without, so within. Uh, and those are that's the corruption, right? Yeah. Newgrange. Where is Newgrange? Yeah. Right, Peter. Where is Newgrange? Uh, Newgrange is. Well, Peter will tell you. Peter, type it in the in the. Because I'm going to continue what I'm talking about while he's doing that. So it, it's in the UK. We'll, we'll start with that, Peter. Give them the knowledge about New Newgrange. <laughs> so literally, right, uh, because that's what uh, Peter, let me tell you what Peter said, okay? Uh, Peter, I'll put it up on the screen for you to, and I'll read it, right? Newgrange is the highest chakra point on the planet. It's 5 billion years old and the oldest point on the planet. Uh, it's literally, it is literally all of the chakra points that I'm referring to are literally the chakra points of the planet, which means when the planet was formed, that's why it goes back 5 billion years. When the planet was formed, these chakra points, just like when you were born, the chakra points are on your body and they're there forever. Okay. So, right? (laughs) Right. I'm going to get into that right now, Rick. Rick's like, I just zoned out during the the tree explanation. I'm going to get further into that, brother. This is why I just stopped for a second, but I'm going to get further into that. So, so literally this is what Peter's talking about. Okay. And this is what raw is talking about raw went into the human psyche and went into the, the tree of life of the human mind, which is literally the the pneumogastric nerve uh, center in our body, which is literally has been called the tree of life uh, for 5,000 years in the human body as within. So without as below, so above is the correct way of saying Uh, what I just said when I said as above, so below. Most of you know it the corrupted way, which is telling you of a caste system and getting you used to the idea that there's somebody above you that's in control and it's not you. As above, so below. As without, so within. As in heaven, so on earth. That says God's in charge. That says one person is in charge and getting you used to the idea that somebody is always above you in charge. That's the caste system. That's the corruption of the Atlanteans the Luciferians, the Anunnaki, uh, all those people are the same, which is different names, by the way. So the Tree of Life, okay, is that literally is the wheel of life in the Orient, right? All of the Asian people. It is literally the Tree of Life for all of the Celts and Vikings. Uh, that is every religion that has to do with uh, the, with Europe, uh, Southern, Western, Northern, uh, and Eastern Europe, uh, all of the religions that have come out of that is they use the tree of life. That literally is uh, is that what is going on within you, but it's also going on without the planet itself. Uh, and that's why they show you the tree with the root system underneath. That's the underworld. That's the inner world of the of the planet. And the, what you see on the outside of a tree growing out into the into the world, you're going to find that the root network is just as large underground and has to be so the tree doesn't just fall over. Okay so that network underground is just as big and the zero point is where it's literally just at the ground level if you walked up to the tree and reached down and put your hands at the base of the tree on the dirt that's the zero point for the tree that's literally the zero point for the tree okay and 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 it's everything that you see on the outside there's just as much down under the earth okay you are the same Everything that you are inside is outside. So everything that your spirit is inside is just as big as what you are outside. And that's reflective of your personality and your aura that comes off of you. Okay. And so people's auras, stronger auras and larger auras tells you how much that they are spiritual because that expands outward and inward at the same time. That was what all of the uh, religions of the East called the underworld. The underworld was within. That was the world within and uh, not some evil place where Satan uh, dwelled. And then that was uh, 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 corrupted when they created hell, uh, which was never a place in any religion until all of a sudden it was. And that happened at the Council of Nicaea, the second Council of Nicaea, when they changed all the Bibles. Then hell was created and hell was the bad place you were going to go to if you don't do what we tell you to do and then everything that they corrupted with the churches became law and if you didn't abide by what the church said you were going to hell and and so then you're manifesting this place i'm i'm going to go to hell because i'm not one of the chosen i haven't been baptized i'm not one of the, i'm going to be one of the left behind i'm not going to go during the rapture when this jesus character returns to get everybody in his car everybody hop, pile into the bus or you're going to heaven the rest of you stay out because it's your judgment You, I find wanting, you did not obey. And that's, again, that's the caste system that you must obey and that there's a line drawn in the sand and that you and that if you don't cross over to the good side at the right time, uh, then you're not going to go to heaven. All of that was a corruption of that oil that ascends through your body into your brain and illuminates your brain and helps you to ascend uh, every month. And that was a corruption to keep you away from that story. Even the Santa Claus, you're going to get a piece of coal. Uh, and, you know, and the truth is, what is a piece of coal but almost a diamond? Uh, so the truth is, even when they're telling you coal is what you're going to get because you get nothing good, you don't get any presents. That was still a story that you were they were teaching children about that ascension oil and to be a good person and to be good and to be good for goodness sake. Oh, you know, because Santa Claus is coming to town. And that was the same thing as Jesus going uh, down to Bethlehem and being reborn and going to heaven and then expanding your consciousness, the Christos, which I've talked about on the show and I put in my book. Uh, Santa Claus is the same, the Thor story of, of Ragnarok and uh, Thor. And I was just talking about this and the reason why I made this connection. So I was watching Thor, the television movie, and uh, I, I was thinking, wasn't thinking. And, it, and Thor was explaining the tree of life. To to what's her name? Whatever her character name was in the show, and he drew the l- lines on the map. She had the planets, uh, the nine worlds uh, of of the uh, of the uh, Viking religion, and he drew lines around it and said, "This is this is uh, Teldrassil." Am I saying that right? Nedrassil, Teldrassil, uh the tree of life. And and when he drew that around there, I was like, "That's the force." that's literally the tree of life. That's literally the tree of life that is in our bodies. That is, oh, okay. As above, so below, as within, so without, as, you know, as below, so above, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And then I, then I realized that's the neural network in our brain. And then, uh, then even though I've been posting stuff about it, I actually got it on another level, uh, by seeing that. And then all of it overlapped. It was the same thing when I When I tell the story that our chakra points are not the numbers that we think they are, one through seven, they're actually three through nine. Uh, And when you shift your thinking and understand three, six, and nine and how that governs the the universe – and you shift in your mind the numeral system from one to seven, and you go, no, 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 one is actually uh, two places below the body, outside of the body, and you shift your your thinking and go, three is the red ray chakra, that means six is the heart chakra, and nine is the, is the crown chakra, and when you realize that, it changes your perspective, and that actually shifts you and your energy uh, and the way you see the universe. Uh, and I did the same thing when he drew the lines of the, of the tree of Telversell around the planets. And then I realized, and because of being a scientist and going to be a nuclear physicist when I was in college, I shifted everything into place and overlapped the force from my Jedi training the, the tree of life, the the as within, so without, the tree of life in our body, the pneumogastric nerve is the zero point of the tree. Uh, and then it goes out and expands it controls everything above, below, inside, and out. Uh, and then that uh, it, uh, balances our chakras. And then when you balance all of your chakras, you, you uh, become, you know, you're doing the work inside and outside. So that's as within, so without. Then you're, uh, you expand your consciousness uh, outward, but it also expands inward. And all of that hit me like a map and they all overlap the same way that shifting three, six and nine in my mental picture of the chakras so that the three, six and nine is literally our chakras are not one through seven. They're three through nine, the ones that are the major arcana in our body. And I wrote that in my book. I believe I did. I got to make sure and go back and make sure that I made that shift in the book because then I tested it on people without their knowledge. Uh, and, and, and explained it to see how they would react to it without me saying anything. Uh, and, and P, all of you guys like Penny's just like, I totally get that. It makes so much more sense to me. Yes. As soon as you heard me say it, right? As soon as you heard someone say that or you heard me say that when you when you know enough about three, six and nine, and then that's why I've been priming you guys with showing you the videos about three, six and nine. Uh, and I've been doing that on purpose because I was get, getting you guys used to the idea of what an understanding of three, six, and nine and Pythagore, the, the Pythagorean theorem uh, and uh, what uh, Einstein knew and what uh, Nikola Tesla for sure knew and what the Egyptians knew and uh, knowing that at some point, once you got that and grasped that concept, I was going to shift you and go now, apply that to the chakras, the actual right numbers. and I And I realized now the reason why Uh, Because I I noticed that Pythagoras at the time, uh, they knew some vibrations and we thought they were uh, one through nine. And in fact, they were missing three, six and nine completely. And uh, and we just discovered three, six and nine, the vibration of three, six and nine in 1938. A lot, a lot of things happened in 1938 for good and for bad uh, on this earth. That was a shifting point, a very large dynamical shifting point bigger than 2012. (laughs) <laughs> that you guys are unaware of, and <laughs> and literally because of that, the harmonic resonance was wrong, and they had to add three notes to the resonance, and that was three, six, and nine, and that's because of Ragnarok. So Thor, during Ragnarok, there's a song by Amana Marth called "Crack the Sky," um, and it's literally a, a prayer to Odin during Ragnarok to have Odin uh, crack open the sky. And I bring this up because the reading before the one I did yesterday, the one from last week or the week before, from, uh, from Jamie Watson-Wolf, um, the, the, it, was, it was last week when my father came through. My father said, when the sky cracks open, you will see. Uh, And uh, Jamie said that the first thing she said to me, and then she stopped and said, Leonard, I'll be back. I have to go get water. They're telling me I need to get some water for this. And she came back and she didn't go back to that timeline. Uh, And and then when she asked about it, my father said, we can't talk about that mission right now here. And then they came through and talked about that mission yesterday. Uh, Okay, but that whole thing was a message. Most of the stuff that was being said by my father were direct messages to me that I can tell you about, but I had to uh, figure them out. And when he said, crack the sky, that reminded me of the Viking um, um, entire prayer to Odin and to to definitely to Thor uh, and from Ragnarok. And I was like, wait a minute, there was a song that Amon Marth wrote about this. So I looked up the song and I played it and I was like, that's the prayer. It's the prayer to Odin. So it's literally during Ragnarok, uh, the prayer uh, for us down here Praying to the gods, praying to uh, Thor, uh, to uh, uh, let your hammer fly and uh, crack the blackened sky. The blackened sky, Finrir the Wolf. Ragnarok is Finrir the Wolf uh, covering the sky in darkness. Finrir the Wolf is the son of Loki, one of Loki's sons. He has two and a daughter. One of his sons is Finrir, and Finrir is evil like his father and uh, Cassie welcome and uh, finrir is the evil bringer bringing sutur which is the, the the big is the basically what you would call the devil or satan and uh, trying to uh, bring about the the uh, evil taking over the world so finrir covers the sky in darkness and this isn't a, a literal clouds around the sky like everybody thought for centuries it's literally the same as the devil shell uh, rule the earth for a time, and then something happens, and it uh, and it locks the devil away. Well, in the Viking folklore, it was Thor, and Thor riding his chariot, being pulled by his two goats, not horses, two goats, and um, the goats are like his father's two um, uh, two uh, blackbirds or crows or or, um, uh, ravens that are sitting on his shoulders, which I have tattooed on my body, uh, on my leg, on my left leg uh, from the knee down. I have uh, Odin tattooed there and he's got his uh, birds on his shoulder. And uh, one of the blackbird's, faces forward to see the future and the other one faces backwards to see the past. And he gave up his left eye and they stand on his left shoulder. He gave up his left eye to have the sight. And so he's blind in one eye. And that was his third eye to have the sight in his third eye. He gave up his left eye of seeing because he had his right eye and his left eye becomes manifest of his, of his vision becomes manifest by the two crows. One can see the past and one can see the future. So he can't, and he can see the present with his, uh, with the, with the third eye, which is his, his eye, his right eye. And uh, all three of those become his awareness. So the awakening and able to see the past, present and future uh, all at once was uh, the the process uh, of giving up his one eye, uh, his left eye, to gain that sight. So uh, the Thor's uh, um, uh, goats that pull are the same. One sees the future, one sees the past, and Thor can see the present. And they're immortal, and every day Thor murders them, cooks them, and eats them, and then every morning he resurrects them with Mjolnir, his uh, hammer of war. And Thor's name. If Thor means thunder, and Mjolnir, or Mjolnir, is actually pronounced Mjolnir uh, if you're Viking. Mjolnir is what everyone else says, but Mjolnir uh, is, uh, means lightning. Uh, so he's literally the god of thunder and lightning. Thor is thunder. That's the word, the Viking word Thor means thunder, and uh, Mjolnir means lightning. And he would use uh, Mjolnir and uh, res- uh, resurrect them every day, and they would drive his, his chariot. So the prayer... Uh, is during the time of tribulation, the time of trouble, Ragnarok, to, to Thor to come and crack the blackened sky with by letting your hammer fly. So Thor, who is also the champion of Midgard, Midgard is Earth, Midgard in your mind, in your brain, is your third eye. Okay, Midgard is your pineal gland and your pituitary gland, all that entire structure, uh, and the, the hippocampus. So that whole structure in the center of your brain is your third eye. That's Midgard in the Viking folklore. And if you look at the Egyptian folklore, that's the eye of Horus. It's the exact same thing. If you look at Santa Claus, his beanie, his cap that he wears, is in the shape of what? Your hippocampus, your third eye, with the pituitary gland hanging off of it. That's the little tassel that hangs down. So that's literally that same portion of your brain that is the illuminating portion of your brain. So literally, my father said, when the the sky cracks open, you will see. That's literally you're awakening your third eye. And that's what Thor does in that. And that reference was to Thor cracking the third eye, going down to Earth. The same as Jesus coming down and descending into a human form, and then ascending to the sky to do battle with Finro the wolf, and using the hammer of lightning, enlightening. Uh, illumination and illuminating the sky, cracking the darkness of the sky and illuminating uh, the mind's eye, the third eye. And so in the Viking folklore that is the connection, the same connection and the same uh, story of the Jesus descent and resurrection. And Thor was 33 years of age when uh, Ragnarok happens and he does this. It's the exact same thing. He descends down to Middle Earth, which was where he was father through him uh, with the hammer, and the movie thor was uh, was the reenactment of that uh, because he wasn't worthy of the of the hammer. and he descended him to earth, where he was mortal, and he had to then ascend and become immortal again by uh, by uh, being onerous and chivalrous and being right and being good for goodness' sake, because Santa Claus is coming to town because Jesus, the Christos, is has to rise back up through the chakras. Thor had to do the same thing in that whole entire story. And when he then rose, the prayer is, and that's the time when you are in charge for that 2.5 days when you're waiting and you're in charge and you are focusing on cracking the the sky and and Thor illuminate us with with your illuminating war hammer by chasing the darkness away from us and illuminating our minds. It's the same exact story. And this is what is talking about that literally they went into the human into the human psyche, into the human mind, and they uh, literally looked at what would be the best way in a physical manifestation to get the attention of all of the people around the earth. So not only do we have these manifestations of religion, All around the world that every religion from every country that goes back thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, twenties, thirties, hundreds of thousands of years, they all have the exact same thing happening in them told a different way. And then you have on a physical way a manifestation of stones erected into either cities or platforms or some sort of uh, device uh, around the earth on the chakra points of the earth to get people's attentions. Again, getting your attention to write yourself because as within, so without, as below, so above, as we write ourselves on the planet, we're also writing the planet. So as we're healing ourselves and ascending as a human species, we're helping the planet to get back to where it was before the evil people took control of it and made it crooked and almost destroyed it. And we're fixing that throughout time for the last 75,000 years, some of us even longer than that. Some of us double that uh, I blew Jamie away when I said that. And she's like, you've been here for a really long time. I'm like, I've been here for uh, 150,000 years plus. And she's like, what? Okay. And I wanted to say I, I, at the time, and some of you were in the crowd. And so you knew, but I wanted to say at the time, and so were you. You just don't remember it. <laughs> but, I, but I couldn't, I didn't type that. I should have, but I didn't want to blow her away any more than I was um but I wanted to go and you've been here that long too Jamie you just don't remember it uh and so the so the truth is not everybody has been here that long but some of us have some of us have been doing this for a very long time uh to continue this and some of you out there have been as well okay right so Rick as I'm reading what Rick said in the in the chat right yeah, and okay, Peter's talking too. I mean, Peter says the Irish devil is the Belrog. Yeah, the Belrog uh, they talked about in Middle Earth uh, in, by Tolkien, uh, where the where Belrog was there, the Belrog, and they showed you that it was the basically the devil, like Peter's talking about. And Middle Earth is the same as Midgard, which is Earth, which is here. This planet is Midgard, uh, and and uh, Thor is the champion of Midgard. And when he comes down to earth, then he takes some of the humans and uh, and brings an army with him to fight against Fenrir. And that's our energy and our creation as we ascend with Thor uh, and the enlightenment from Thor. And that's the same thing as Jesus coming to earth and then the rapture of taking souls with him. Uh, back into heaven. It's the exact same story. And the Belrog, uh, in uh, Tolkien's book, was referring to, like Peter's talking about, uh, the devil in uh, in the, uh, the southern western Viking folklore was called Belrog. And in uh, literally, what did he do? He was the champion of the people, talking about, uh, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Gandalf. And what did he do? He fell... He fell with Belrog into hell and died, but also killed Belrog. Then he ascended and he was Gandalf the Grey and he ascended. And how long was he gone before his ascension? They didn't find him for 2.5 days. And if you're paying attention to the movie or the book, especially 2.5 days later, they're in the forest that they ran to on that day. And guess who appears there? But Gandalf the White who is now ascended and is brighter and is illuminating the sky for them and illuminating the way. And then what does Gandalf do? He convinces them to become an army and fight against the armies of darkness. Do you see? (laughs) So do you see what I'm saying? So the story that Tolkien wrote was the same story of the dissension and the rebirth and the ascension and the illumination and then the army fighting against the army of darkness. Do you see? Right. So then Rick says, during my awakening, and a few times a year, as uh, just as I close my eyes to sleep, uh, it, uh, what, is, what are you saying here? You, it, it FT line, someone's thumb pushing through my forehead. Oh, yeah. Oh, it felt like, I get what you're saying. It felt like someone's thumb was pushing through my forehead, uh, where my uh, third eye and pushing like a jolt. Does that it doesn't happen now? That's because your eye is opening, and in, in the beginning, you needed a jump start, Rick, to open that eye, and so you were feeling that pressure. And A lot of people go through that, and they feel the pressure in their third eye, and sometimes they feel like as if someone's touching them with a finger or a thumb, and they feel like there's lightning. Uh, and that's again, that's the illumination of Thor's hammer, uh, cracking the, the sky open for you to see. And once your eye starts to open, then you don't feel that anymore. You just become more illuminated and and you start becoming wiser. And so you don't actually feel that unless you really focus on it, then you can. But when you're when you first start, that's when you feel that. And we teach that to people that that if you're feeling that pressure and you're almost see lightning when you close your eyes, that's the that's what they would tell you was Thor's hammer cracking the sky open for you. That was how they explained it to you as a Viking. In that religion, but in Christianity, it was it was Jesus' ascension into heaven, his sacrifice on the cross, and him going to heaven and him telling you that the way to heaven was through him. So it was explained by the Hebrews in a different way, but it's still the same story, right? So so literally, that's that's, uh, that's that. And then uh, Denise said, "I've been hearing a, a woman whispering in my right ear. Uh, uh, that never happened before. Your right ear is always your guide's." Uh, or your ascended masters or your uh, ancestors. It depends on your religion. The Native Americans and all the natives, they talk about your ancestors, and that's always guides. uh, And then the Eastern philosophical, when you get into the... the, uh the uh, you know the uh, asians they'll say ancestors as well and uh then then you'll hear people say guides more on the western uh, world it's all the same thing but when you're hearing uh words coming from the right side that's always guides left side is uh is darkness right side of your body doesn't matter if you're right-handed or left-handed it's universal so if you're hearing uh things from your right side that's your guides talking to you uh and you'll eventually when you, first you'll almost hear the voices uh, because they're trying to get your attention, and then once you, uh, once you hear the whispering and you start paying attention to it, then it goes into your head, and it's the same. It comes through like if you put on a headphones. If you put on two headphones, it sounds like somebody's speaking in the middle of your head, right at your third eye. That's why the CIA does that whole vibrational thing where they do tones at different uh, speeds and different um, heights of vibration from ear to ear, back and forth, because those go into your. Uh, into your head. So you'll, at first you'll hear words as in you're thinking to yourself, is that coming from somewhere right here in this reality? And then you realize that those words come in the same exact way, but it's for you to acknowledge them. And once you realize that you're being talked to from that right side, then uh, from that point on, you still hear it the same way, but you don't, you internalize it after a while, instead of thinking that it's something external, because you realize there's nothing standing next to you that you can see. OK, so but that, what that is, is that your that's your ancestors, that's your guides, that's your higher self talking to you and giving you information. They'll, that one on the right side, evil cannot talk there. So any any words that come into you from your right side, they're not going to tell you murder. Keep people, kill people, kill yourself. You're never going to hear negative shit from those people. And anyone who tells you that they're lying. OK, because that just is not the way we are designed in this multiverse, period no matter what anyone tries to say. It's not the way we're designed, okay? So no one hears negative shit from the right side telling them to kill people, okay? Even when they manifest themselves and have split personalities, that doesn't come from the right side. They may lie because they, their voice in their head tells them to lie and say it's from the right side, but it's a lie, okay? So, so you're hearing it from the right side. That means it's your ancestors or your higher self or your guides. Uh, and then you internalize it when you realize that. And once you realize that, you never think, oh, you just keep looking to your right. But you'll see mediums, uh, when they're talking, you'll see them turn their head slightly to the right sometimes when they're getting clarification. Uh, and that's a natural instinct to do because uh, because it's still coming into your body from the right side. So your natural instinct is to turn your head towards the sound <laughs> when you're trying to get a clarification. I do it too, and, I don't, and sometimes I don't realize I'm doing it. And people will point that out. Uh, And that's why when people, psychologists will say someone's lying, it's always because they look to the left, not because they look up to the right. When they will tell you in psychology that when someone looks off to the right or looks up to the right, it's usually them thinking. So they could be trying to think up a lie, but it's them thinking. But when people look up to the left or look to the left while they're talking to you, that's usually when they are telling a lie almost exclusively 100%. Okay. Uh, And that's because the devil is on your left shoulder and the angel is on your right shoulder. So the devil is your, is your ego. And that is the darkness and the, in the bad part of yourself, of your psyche. And the angel is your, is your, not your consciousness, but your conscience. Okay. So you have your consciousness, conscious that's, that's you, but your conscious, your conscience is that thought part of you that says, don't do that. That would be wrong. And, And that's the opposite of your ego. That's what, Freud referred to and Jung referred to as the id. Uh, they, they didn't they didn't give it a positive name. they just gave it a thing uh, and the ego was one thing and the id was something else. The id is the is the is the little angel on your right shoulder. That's your conscience that says don't do the, that thing it's bad you wouldn't want that to be done to you uh, and, and but that's not the same thing. that's you. Uh, but there's a distinctive voice that comes uh, that comes to your right side and uh, different voices. And you, have, you hear them. And as time goes, you realize they have different personalities when they speak. They say things differently. They talk differently. They have different tones. They feel differently. Their energy is different. Um, some people, like um, one of the girls that I uh, talked to, I haven't for a while, but we used to do shows together. Uh, one of her, she, I talk like one of her guides. She pointed that out. I like to say, however, a lot. And one of her guides says, however, a lot, right? However, this, however, that. Uh, and I do that. And even in my book, I go back and I'm editing my book. And I'm like, I need to take a couple of those howevers out because I do that a lot. And she pointed that out. And not that it was a negative thing. She just thought it was curious that I, I talk like her one of her guides because he, st- he talks the same way. and says, however, a lot. And I said, some of us just use that word. And I use the word moreover, and there's some people that use that word exclusively instead of however. They'll say moreover. I use both, but I use however more than I use moreover. <laughs> it's just who I am. Uh, it, it, however, anyway. So, uh, so I, I hope that answered that. So the so the tree of life that Ra's referring to here is internalized in us but it's externalized so the earth itself is that has the same tree of life and the zero point for the tree is is literally the earth the, the top of the crust that we walk on if you go right to that and put your hands there at the base of the, you're literally at the middle point of that tree's existence everything you see above ground there's exactly the same amount below ground that you can't see that's the as above so below You have that within you. So your neural network that is the pneumogastric nerve in your mind that is in your head, in your in your brain that goes throughout your entire body is that that nervous system that works your body. That's in that video that I gave you is literally the internalized tree of you. That is what is within your body. Right. That is the representation of all that is within your body from your third eye down and everything that you are physically and your spirit outwardly that you can't see. So it's the reverse for us. We can't see the internalized, but then we can we can see it like on a computer and see what it is. But we can't see the external. And that's why we show in a lot of pictures the crown chakra. And then we have the crown chakra expanding out like a tree of lightning or energy going away from us. And that gives people the the assumption that the zero point is our mind's eye, but it's not. It's our heart chakra. So that's why the heart chakra being the sixth chakra that you have some below yourself that extend into the earth, just like trees do and plants do. So (laughs) you're not aware of it, but however far out you are from your head upward into the universe, you're also downward into the earth. So, we, so we're literally, part of our energy is literally attached to this earth and mingling with this earth, just like a part of our energy is mingling with the universe. And we're the zero point is our heart chakra. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. I know, Rick. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading the chat now without saying it out loud. Penny says that I used to think that I was going crazy. And then uh, Rick said, I've been waiting since a child to hear or see someone. Uh, you know, uh, uh, literally, Cassie then says, I know, right? Question mark, explanation point, question mark, explanation point. She says, laugh out loud uh, uh, as you jump up, and and it's like, what? What the? And, you know, what the fuck? But she had in, you know, F with a bunch of little, you know, uh, doohickeys. Uh, what, you know, what the heck was that? Or what the F was, was that? Uh, you know, and she, no one is here. And I'm I'm hearing this clear as day, right? Yeah, and that happens. It happened to me when I was younger, I was hearing voices. On, I don't think I've ever told this story on online, maybe once or twice. Uh, I was, I would hear voices in, in my head, and I wasn't sure what was going on. And I was a kid, I was little, seven, six years old, eight years old, and I didn't know what was going on. And I thought, Oh, my God, I'm freaking out. And um, my mom got scared because I was saying that I could literally it was like standing in a room uh, with uh, 30 or 60 people. And I could hear every word they were all saying at once. And they were all talking over each other and all talking at the same time. And I could hear these voices. and, And my father thought, oh, there's something wrong with him. And uh, went and started talking to doctors and and, uh, psychologists and, and they were testing me and they were like, no, he's completely sane. He's in there. I don't know what's going on with him. And then my father looked at me and went, okay, I think I do. And so my father was like, we need to enhance your your psychic training. And he started asking me questions and I started telling him and he started working with me. Literally, when it happens, I want you to come to me and get me and I want to talk while it's happening. And so the next time it happened. I literally would would uh, talk to him and he would ask me what I was hearing and then he would have me focus, focus. I need you to focus on on one of the voices and tell me what the voices are saying. And so then he would have me go through the voices and none of them were saying anything evil. They were none of them were personalities that but they were all I what I was hearing was people. I was hearing guides. I was hearing dead people. I was hearing people's thoughts that were awake. And he was like, "Okay, we need to teach you to turn that down and to be able to use it for what you need to. Uh, So you need to to be able to focus and not be afraid of the voices, but just know that you're hearing everybody like as if you turn the television up loud and everybody was talking all at once. So you have a volume control and you literally have when you opened your when your third eye opened completely, your volume control was on 100 and you need to turn it down. So you need to literally turn it down and then only turn up each individual person when you focus on them. And that was my introduction to being a medium was uh, it, some of us come through that way. When you turn on, you're on full, you're, you're on full blast and you don't understand what's going on. So he was aware of that. And then he was literally teaching me the same thing, Rick, going back to, you know, and Denise hearing the voices uh, and, uh, and going, what the fuck is that? The same thing when I was, then he was saying, what are you, what are they saying? What are you hearing? And then talk to them, ask them questions and see if they'll interact with you. If they won't interact with you, it's because it's a person who's not psychic and not dead and then not a guide. You're hearing someone's thoughts from another human being. Uh, And so you know what's going on there. So if you, if they answer you, ask them who they are. And literally that was part of my training to literally, that was when I was introduced to chief white cloud and. Uh, little Dove and, and, uh, and Yellowfeather uh, by my father because they were already friends of ours. But then it was a different kind of conversation that I was taken over uh, to them and met them with just my father and uh, explained what was going on. And that was when I started my shaman training. I've never talked about that until today uh, about who it was, but it was literally a, uh, a, uh, a Native American chief uh, and his wife, a priestess, and uh, Yellowfeather, an elder, in the West Coast Native American tribes out here, the big ones. Uh, that's why when I moved to Arizona, I was happy to be living over there in, in Apache and Navajo and in Anasazi uh, uh, territories um, because the, those were the prominent um, Native Americans that even were out here, even though they have different smaller tribe names. So, um, so literally, Chief White Cloud and, and his wife did a lot of my training, and Yellowfeather did a lot of my training. I, I give them a lot of credit for helping me with the astral projection and the dream walking and and that part of it my father with the psychic part and uh the mediumship and speaking to the other side so that's why i'm imparting this to you guys here uh now because some of you are, are realizing that you have these abilities and you're starting to wake up to those and you, well, so what was that and why was i'm glad you asked those questions that's the kind of stuff that i want to have people ask me so that i can uh, then answer that for you guys to help you Okay, so Raw literally looked into the tree of life of the humans here. Do I teach? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, you and I haven't talked for a while since we had that one conversation, uh, Dimitri. Uh, we haven't talked, but yes, I do. I, I teach all of this. This is what I'm writing in my book. Uh, is is uh, a introduction into this. But I've been teaching this for um, almost 40 years now. Since I was a kid, I, I literally got my uh, my Merlin title at the age of 19. Um, and um, the Jedi title, which no one even knew there was a Jedi Council and a Jedi school in New Zealand. I got that in 97. I got my, um, uh, then in 2004, I was knighted by the Roman Catholic Church, which made me a minister. And then in 2016, I officially got my uh, indoctrination through Universal Life Church in uh, Phoenix, Arizona to be a Christian minister. Um, so I literally have been teaching spirituality since I was 20 years of age. Not a joke, right? My book that I'm writing currently, I don't have it published yet. I just, I just, I believe it's finished, but I'm not sure. I just hit 50,000 words. So it's, it's just at uh, 200 and a few pages, Uh, but I haven't published it yet. I'm hoping to get it out this year. They're pushing me. I took a week off. They're pushing me to get it done as soon as possible from the other side. So I was, I bashed it out in the month of June uh, into July. And then I've taken off this last seven days. Uh, from writing, but I literally went from uh, June fourth to July fourth. I literally uh, wrote that book in in thirty days. Every day, I was writing for six to eight hours a day, not kidding you. <laughs> so, but I do teach. I work with people uh, on you can ask most of the people that are in this group right now that are in this crowd. Uh, I've worked with them for years, and they work with people as well. I, I literally teach uh, everything that I know. To everybody, life coaching, spiritual coaching, even like spell counseling and writing, and literally, I taught. There's five different paranormal groups that are in the United States currently that I literally taught the psychic that works with them and them. I have a psych I have a group that is a paranormal group where that's all they talk about is paranormal tech. It's called Paranormal Tech uh, on on uh, Facebook. And literally, that's that I've had that for I don't know when I created it, 2017, 2019 or something. Um, But I I literally been doing this. uh, I was telling people about energy vampires uh, back in in the 90s when people were like, is that a thing? They didn't even know what it was. Now it's normal to know that. Uh, I was teaching people that vampires with the drinking of the blood were not actually uh, doing that. And it was your life force that they were actually drinking uh, and it just was manifest in that they were trying to drink your blood, but it was your life force they were trying to get. And um, people were saying that, t- you know, 20,000 years ago, they used to actually drink blood. They may have, but they've evolved to today. There's, well, there's people who drink blood now. Yeah, those are people who think they're vampires, just like the Satanists think that they're following the devil. Uh, but there's only 2 million of them because it's not the real religion of evil. The same thing. There's probably about, you know, 50,000 people worldwide who drink blood because they think that they have vampirism when vampirism is actually sucking your aura. And I've proved that. I have a, a reel that shows you uh, that uh, literally uh, uh, the human aura, and if you actually pay attention, I show you three different phases of the human aura, uh, one of which is a woman who is uh, possessed at the time. And it actually says it on the, the image. It actually says a female, 53 years of age, uh, on voluntary uh, possession. Uh, showing what your what your uh, uh, aura looks like. I was part of a study where we showed how uh, your aura, a picture of your aura, and had someone who was an energy vampire, and how they would take your aura from you and what your aura looked like after your aura was gone, and you could sense it and feel it, and you were drained and felt sick and ill. And then we showed you a picture of your aura and how your aura, the second the first time, was blue and beautiful and stuck out of your body about three feet. And then after the energy vampire took your your uh, aura, your aura was literally like inches off of your body, and their aura is now glowing red. So the whole red, blue, uh, you know, uh, Jedi night with uh, with the, uh, the with their lightsabers, the red, green, and red, blue. Those were the colors of the aura. That's why they chose that for the Jedi, and the evil, the Sith lords all had red. That is the vampires, the energy vampires. Their aura is red. It's not blue because they're evil. And the blue aura or green auras uh, are your aura. And then people see auras in different colors that come off of you. And that's a personality aura that is from your tree of life, Uh, your projection of your energy that comes off of you. It's not the personal aura of your physical body. That's the aura that I'm talking about where they drain your energy. (laughs) And if you ever have that happen to you, take a bath and use rose petals or rose oil. The rose oil or the scent of roses and um, and the reason why in the, in the fall we use the, the – for pumpkins, uh, the pumpkin spice has cinnamon in it. And we use cinnamon all the way through Christmas and all of that uh, scent. And that cinnamon and rose oil actually enhances your uh, aura in your body physically. That goes back thousands of years. So, so vampires it, it literally um, – well, no. And yes, and if you, the true vampirism – I like what you're saying there because true vampirism – is a uh, the the ones that are actually people are aware of it and they showed you this in some of the movies. If if, you, if there's an exchange there and they don't drain your aura completely, right? Then there is an exchange of energy in both the vampire. This is what Dimitri's saying, and I'll and I'll put it up on the screen for you, okay? Because he's absolutely right, and I didn't get into this, but I but I'm glad that you went there. True vampirism is an exchange that is beneficial for both the vampire and the human. If, there's, if, if it harms someone, then it's not being done properly. That's when it's being done, like when they rape you. It's the same thing when you have sex. It's the exact same thing. So uh, literally the Vulcan uh, mind meld done uh, against somebody's will is the same uh, manifestation of that. It becomes a, a like rape. And if they take your energy without asking you and you do not willing to give it to them, they can still get it from you. And this is what Demetrius is referring to. But if you're aware of it, And they're not going to take all of your energy. They actually return some energy to you. But it's a negative energy. So you have to be in service to self to want that to happen. Uh, But it is, honestly. But some, some energy vampires are not evil. And they are actually using that for beneficial reasons. And it's like Reiki, where you're actually giving energy to the person. If you do it against a person's will, they can block you because you're not, you're not, uh, you know, we have free will. Everyone has free will. So someone has to, and there, so there are people, this is what Dimitri's referring to. There are people who know this, and this is what they did with uh, with the movies uh, in The Vampires, where you see some people who will let vampires drain part of their energy uh, to, to keep them like a drug, to keep them going. But they won't take it all so that they can replenish themselves. And then there's a reward for that. There's a sexual energy that happens During sex, that's the same way Uh, where with a male and female where, uh, where you exchange energy. It's just like if you go on stage and you're a rock star, you're giving out this energy as a bard from your music to the crowd. And then they're returning energy to you. And anyone who's ever been on stage in any way has experienced that. And they'll tell you it's like this exchange of energy. It really is. An exchange of energy is the same thing. You're willingly giving energy uh, and transferring energy between you each other, and it makes you stronger. And that's what Demetrius is referring to. When they actually are doing it uh, knowingly, the vampire knows it, and the person knows it, and they're they're doing it on purpose. There's an exchange of energy that makes them both stronger, because you're adding and mixing energies together. And so that's that same transfer that people have in the pagan ways of sexual energy, and that's that sexual alchemy that uh, literally we're talking about in the ascension oil uh, that is the Christos, the Christ uh, ascension into opening your third eye. And if you guys are both doing it at the right time, uh, but not expending that energy wrongly, uh, once you do the illumination, and this is the right, and I'm getting get into a sexual right energy that I've never talked about, that is ancient and only people who know the ancient practices will know. If you have two people that are attuned to the same uh, month, and they both get illuminated at the exact same time. And you figure out to the day uh, of when they get illuminated. And then immediately after their illumination, the two of them have a, do a sexual rite and have sex. The, the euphoric effect is amplified because both of them have raised their vibration at the exact same uh, time. And, uh, and, you know, within a few minutes or an hour of each other. Uh, and then, because uh, it's the same day. Uh, and then they have sex, then that unlocks all of that energy that they've just illuminated. And it mixes that illumination together and that enhances the illumination tenfold uh, over the thousandfold that it was already done. And then any creative energy, if they tunnel that energy externally into a spell and you have a whole ritual going on, that enhances the spell energy a thousand fold. And if the two of them don't do that and they just experience that at the same time, uh, then that's just it illuminates them even more so. Uh, and it's just incredible. But if you take that energy then and use the charm of making uh, that from that energy, it just the spell that you cast is 10,000 fold stronger. Uh, same thing with uh, the aura on a smaller scale. Uh, you can do the same thing with auras. And that's what Dimitri is is referring to uh, in what he's talking about right there. No, I agree with you. Most vampires are wonderful people. I, I, I have the ability. Everyone has the ability of vampirism. Everyone does. You have that ability in you, and I. We don't teach that to people because some people are aware of it. It doesn't make them evil. It's just that they they understand how to transfer that energy. We don't. I don't really talk about that. It's just like saying. Uh, it's it's literally like saying the, the truth about this world is that there is no right and wrong, and that people who are raping, pillaging, and murdering people. Uh, are 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 actually serving the the entire species just as much as a priest is because that's the truth. <laughs> okay, that's the actual truth. But but we don't we don't try to encourage people to go out and try to do it negatively w- without the knowledge, right? So that's exactly where I was going with that. So Demetrius says, "Good." I was just making sure that we're not uh, you know de- demonizing an entire group of people. No, no. no. Uh, I just don't. We don't as a rule, without telling people exactly what you and I just went through here to explain to them the difference between right and wrong. Because if we just blanket statements say, well, there is no wrong, then people will go, really, then I'm going to dabble in this vampirism uh, and see if I can steal people's energy. And if they figure it out, they'll do it. And now they're doing it forcibly, which is rape. uh, And it's wrong. And so that's the only reason that that we don't really get into it. Because the truth is, that everyone has that ability, and um, most of the people, like you said, most of the people on this earth that know about and call themselves vampires are not actually evil. It's only 14 percent of the population. So in every circle, it's only it could the maximum is 14 percent, but it's usually less than that that are actually doing it uh, for evil purposes. Because there's so many, so few people doing a transfer of, of aura energy or vampire energy the energy vampires and there's cuz that, that that portion is a lot smaller of the planet so the people that are evil that are doing it is but it's still is close to the same but but most of them just like most of the people on the earth are actually good people but if you tell everybody that there is no right and wrong which is the first fucking thing raw said in book 1 there is no right and wrong uh and if and then he blows past it and 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 don doesn't go back and go wait a minute wait a minute what do you mean there's no right and wrong raw said everything serves to the all because it's true you can't have you can't have the people here ascend uh in, in any way without having this everybody was lazy we are lazy god is lazy god realized that the creator of the universe said fuck i'm lazy because we sat on our asses. Well, oh, I know I'm God. I know I'm going to ascend. So I'll get there whenever. So things weren't progressing fast enough. And we had to put a firearm under our own ass. So we created uh, this evil boogeyman that could chase us around. But it's just as vital. You have to have the ego. You have to have evil. Right? Because you have to have good. So you can't have light without dark. And you can't have good without evil. So for it to work and balance, you have to have both. That means they're both just as in important. Do you see? But because evil is evil, you don't need everybody to be 50-50. You don't need 50% of the population to be evil because because it's harder to be good than it is to be evil. And and so that's why evil people have to be 95% evil to ascend and good people only have to be 51%. But to achieve that 51% is just as hard as achieving the 95% evil. So it's not easier to ascend on the evil side, but it's not easier to ascend on the good side than it is evil, even though the numbers would suggest that they are. But they're not. It's just that the the truth is evil is more seductive. And that's why, that's why Yoda said that. Is the dark side stronger? No. No, not at all. Just easier, more seductive. Because it's instant. Uh, evil is instant gratification. So the instant gratification takes less time. And that's why people will run down that road if you don't, if you don't tell them the difference between good and bad, right? So, uh, well, narcissism is uh, evil. He says, uh, Demetrius says, maybe instead of energy vampires, we should use narcissists because that's, that is what they are. Uh, Narcissists are energy vampires Uh, So when I don't like to use the term energy vampires either I used to 30 years ago and then I got away from that and I say, you know uh, Narcissists uh, and now I've even changed it to just people in service to self uh, Because I don't like that connotation either. I agree with you I didn't like that back then but it was the only way to describe what people were doing in a violent way With energy 30 years ago because the people of this earth did not have the wherewithal to go to a better word now we have so i don't use the term energy vampire ever i always use the term narcissism or narcissist uh and then if people don't you know if if people are above that vibration i'll use the term in service to self Um, and that means that all of that means the same thing but violent energy vampires should be the uh, correct term today that we should use instead of just an energy vampire because vampirism in and of itself is not evil it is those people who use it against other people's wills or without their knowledge, which is the same thing as somebody raping somebody, drugging them and raping them, roofying them and having sex with them. It's the same thing, and that was what in Star Trek in the '60s they were showing you with the mind meld. Uh, that it became illegal by the by the uh, by the Empire of uh, or the, the government of Vulcan because if you did it against somebody's will, it was a violation of their mind, as if you raped them. So they wouldn't do that. And that's why you saw that uh, when um, Spock did it in an aggressive manner, the few times that he did, uh, that you saw him actually have tears and the other Vulcan. And the, and there was one that he did in the, uh, against a, a woman who was a Vulcan who was not half human, and she cried as well. That was because it was rape. And he felt bad for doing it, but had to because literally they were trying to murder the president of the, of the Federation and start a war. Uh, between the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Vulcans and the humans, or the Klingons and the humans. Uh, and, and literally, they were trying to uncover it. And so he had to literally force himself into her mind. And they both had tears. He was crying. And so was she. While they were talking and most people just got the idea that he he was crying because she was crying because they were melded as one. Well, that was part of it. But the whole, you have to realize that they were were Vulcans. He was half human, so he could have emotion, but that's not why they were crying. They were crying because of the horrifying uh, effort that it took for Spock to rape her mind. And so she was crying because he was raping her. And he was crying because he was forced to do that because she wouldn't give him any other Uh, Alternative, and he had to do that, and they both know that that's a crime in their governmental system for their spirituality. Uh, But he was forced to do it, and uh, and he had to make amends for that, Uh, and he did. And and if you watch the movies, you see that he actually did a lot of meditating afterwards and returned home for a while, Uh, and then he died. Of course, and got had to put back into his body. But you see my point. Uh, So, literally, I agree with you that they shouldn't be. I don't like using the term energy vampire unless we're saying negative. Energy vampire. So, narcissism is a better term. Uh, But some people don't get that on a spiritual level because when you say narcissism, they just think of narcissistic people. They don't make the connection that that means psychologically, spiritually, and physically, right? So, this is why we're trying to teach um, this entire thing. So, I love that. I love when you're here, bro. You should come here more often. Um, I loved our conversation that we had as well. So, yes, I do teach all of this and I'm writing it in my book, which is all about the spirituality and what has been going on in this planet for the last. 25 to 75,000 years uh, and that people are unaware of that some of us are talking about now because the the earth is in a place where there's a a good portion of the population that will actually get this information. Right now, I'm not actually charging anything, bro. I just work with people uh, and I haven't been charging. um, I know people keep telling me, why are you not charging people to be a life coach? You can make a living at it. And I'm literally talking to Cassie who's making comments literally talking to Cassie about it, her and I are literally been talking about this very thing and possibly starting to charge people. <laughs> I was talking to her today about it, uh, about about me possibly starting to charge people to do this because it looks like I may be in a position where I have to start making money again. I'm on, I'm on government funds right now and I'm taking care of my mother. But if I don't have my mother with me, when I, if I have to put her into a home, which it's looking like I'm getting closer, I'm going to have to be able to pay for my own way and I don't make enough money to do that. And I have to get out of the state. So uh, I'm so if you if you're uh, maybe coming up with a price tag uh, to start doing this, depending on what I'm teaching, because I can teach just general life coaching that has nothing to do with spirituality. Uh, and I work with people and have for years. Uh, my um, Reiki master teacher, who was a wicked priestess, uh, um, did that for a living. And she said the whole time she knew me for the last 35 years, why are you not charging for this. You are just as good as I am. And I've literally made a living doing this. And I, I said, well, just, I don't need to, I'm a Reiki master teacher. I could charge people money for Reiki or for attunements. And people say, why don't you do that? You have the license. Cause I don't need to right now. Right. And so the, the, I have a mission that I'm, that I'm supposed to be doing, but if it comes to a crossroads, and this is what I've been uh, contemplating in the last two weeks, if it comes to a crossroads of, I have to do something physically to take care of myself And still do the mission at the same time, I am gonna have to start charging (laughs) for people. (laughs) All right. So there is no price yet, Dimitru, but we can talk uh, depending on what you want um, uh, us to work on. Because literally, I can teach you how to cast spells, how to write spells. I can teach you uh, literally about that entire industry. I can teach you uh, uh, Reiki, I can teach you uh, spirituality. I can life coach you into um, and I have groups uh, that literally some of the people in this uh, audience right now are in where I teach uh, uh, you how to unlock your abilities and, and how to figure out what abilities you brought with you uh, and which ones you want to use, uh, whether you're trying to make money at it. There are, you don't even know how many. Cassie knows. And so is Denise. <coughs> Penny May. And I know Peter does for sure, because Peter and I have gone back almost 10 years now. He knows how many people that are out there right now that are charging people money. I'm a, I am the one who gave them the skills or unlocked. I didn't give them to them because I don't give you anything. I'm the one that helped them unlock their skills and they ran out to the world and they're charging money to be a medium. They're doing ghost hunting. They're doing uh, they're, they're doing exorcisms. They're doing teaching classes in, in spirituality and Christianity, and they're, they're literally making a living at it. And I literally had my ex-wife, who her and I have been doing this for 35 years, Uh, she actually said, doesn't it bother you sometimes when all these people come to you and they work with you for six months or a year and then they disappear and then you find out they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year? And I'm like, no, because they're doing good work. And she's like, but, you know, you when I need the money, I'll start and I've literally been um, trying not to. And I see, I agree with you. And that is exactly what Dimitri said, uh, you guys. He said, you deserve to have a fair exchange of energy for your energy. Agreed. And, and that's where people always say, you know, everything should be free. And I say that, and I was taught that. And that, that's why I brought up my, my uh, Reiki master teacher. She, she said the same thing. <laughs> we have to charge money so they realize that what you're giving them is worth something, <laughs> it's, a, it's an exchange. You wouldn't tell your mechanic he's putting the energy and his knowledge of his, uh, into your car to make your car go. You wouldn't tell him you should be doing that for free. You wouldn't tell a doctor who is doing surgery on you to fix your arm. I, sh- I shouldn't have to pay you because you should just do this because it should be free. You would never do that. You wouldn't, right? So I agree with you, brother. I love you. You're, you're, you're a great mind. You're a great spirit. Um, And I would love to work with you. Uh, in in uh, within any field that you want to, to pick my brain on. Uh, but you know as far as cost, uh, I'm looking into that. and I think that you showing up here today and saying that uh, was a, was you know divine providence, uh, if you will, uh, because I was literally talking about this today, this morning with Cassie. And yesterday and the day before that, this whole the last couple of weeks, we've been talking in the last few days, uh, I've been talking very serious about this and uh, working with Cassie uh, on on getting guidance. Uh, on wh- how I should be uh, functioning and what I should be doing going forward, and she's been telling me exactly what you're telling me, and I'm getting chills right now from this. <laughs> from saying this, it's funny that Cassie popped in again because she was out, She's been in and out since the show's been going on, and she popped in right when you were saying that, uh, and was able to be here for you to reply. <laughs> right. So. Um, so yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, if you can't see, or Cassie said, Dimitri, you need to come to uh, onto the Orion Rising page so we can uh, see his comments. Because so she can't see your comments because of wherever that you are. You <coughs> uh, see, the comments come in here to the to Streamyard. I can see your comments, and you must have grabbed it from either my page or returning to the old ways page. And she's in to she's in the uh, Orion Rising page and the the chats stay in there for, for them. And so you're in there and she can't see your, what you're saying. So I have to say it out loud so she knows what you're saying. <laughs> and then you probably can't see what Cassie's saying. So so I have to say what's being said here. It's just like if the people were uh, on uh, YouTube right now, none of this conversation, they can't see any of your words because it's on Facebook. And if somebody from YouTube says something, uh, the, you may or may not be able to see it in the chat you're in. If you're reading me in the chat, in uh, uh, on on facebook you wouldn't be able to see anybody from youtube uh whatever they say unless i say it out loud so that's what that's funny that that, uh, that you guys are she's she did, she's like wait where is he he must not be in this chat so yes cassie said a little deja vu huh, leo yeah and that was my point was that you popped in you popped back in at the same time as he was leading down that road and i think that was divine providence my dream today dimitri you missed it My dream today was along those lines, the same thing that Raw was talking about. I'll reiterate it really quickly for those of you listening around the world on the MP3 broadcast. You might go, we already covered this an hour and a half ago. But my dream this morning, the last one that I had, because I was out of body my whole night, not a joke, but the last one that I had lasted from like 6.30 in the morning until uh, 8.30. And and literally, I got up at 7 and went to the bathroom and laid back down and went to sleep and it continued. Uh, and in the dream, uh, I was it's somewhere on this earth, and I didn't know the time. I, I wasn't really, that wasn't the focus. The focus was the people. The people didn't seem right to me, and, uh, and I was watching them, and they seemed a little more aggressive than I thought they should have been, but they weren't violent towards each other, but they were aggressive, and they seemed edgy. And uh, as I was interacting with them, trying to figure out what was going on, they were harming themselves pulling out knives and cutting themselves and like chopping off part of their fingers. Uh, And, uh, and they would do it and they wouldn't feel any pain. And some of them didn't even bleed, but they're very proud for doing it, Uh, but they didn't know why they were doing it. So I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I noticed that it wasn't that it was most people. So I I was, I then because of my shamanistic training from the native Americans. And that's why I was thinking about chief white cloud and little dove and, and yellow feather Uh, This morning was because of that, because of their training that I got as a boy. And I mentioned that earlier on. Uh, And, you know, me being only 5% native, but it's enough to where that makes a completely different change. And um, learning the shamanistic ways, and especially the dreamwalking part of that. And uh, so I, I used that information and went, I must be dreaming. This is not a reality. This is a dream, just like the illusion of being awake. So therefore, there's a metaphor here and I have to figure out what's going on. There's something message that's happening here. So then I asked the, my spirit guides or my ancestors, what is the message that you're trying to tell me with these metaphors that I'm seeing? Why, what am I missing? And of course, they don't solve anything for you. They always just give you tools and more esoteric messages. right? And so they, they literally said, uh, "You're you're asking the wrong questions. My question was to them. What is what? Why are you doing this? And then it was someone is behind them. I have to find and stop the one behind them. So then I was then I was trying to find this uh, this person and trying to get leads from these people in some way to go to a place where this person who made them do this stuff uh, was was actually uh, 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 at. And that's when I asked the, my ancestors, and they said, "You're asking the wrong questions. It is not uh, important to." Actually, physically find who is behind this. What's more important and most important is that you need to fix it. And this is the the mission that I have had uh, the whole time anyways of literally, uh, you know, figuring out uh, when I asked, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Everything that I've gotten, this is being awake now, uh, was... Well, it's rewrite history. And I'm like, rewrite history? You mean like write it? You mean like fix it? And they're like, yes, but a bigger concept. And I was like, rewrite history? I don't, I don't understand. Uh, and it took me years to figure that out. And I figured out that it literally, because what I talked about earlier with the planet shifting and being off kilter and being crooked and being evil, that we're literally having to fix what they damaged. And in doing so, we're actually changing history because they rewrote history in a negative way. When the Anunnaki got here, which is the Orion Crusaders, which is the Cabal, the, uh, the Atlanteans, the evil ones, the, the gods that Vishnu and them were fighting against, and they're all the same people. Uh, they introduced that pine cone they're holding up is them controlling your pineal gland. Uh, and the and the little bag they're carrying is the knowledge of not the knowledge of good and evil everyone's like was well, the knowledge of good and evil like the tree of life no it's the knowledge of how to rule and create and build societies And what they're building is this society on this planet of the caste system of someone above you being in charge and you being the slave down below. And literally everything on this earth was corrupted. The religions, your job, your schools, everything, governmental systems, they're all set up so that you have this figurehead on top or the 1% elite rich people who believe they own the planet and everything else filters down. So they corrupted all religions into as above, so below, as without, so within, instead of. The true term as below so above and as within so without and that's even in the Bible in Matthew 18 chapter 18 verse 18 literally God saying what you reap on the earth I shall too reap in heaven what you sow on earth I shall too sow in heaven telling you as a God that you create this reality not me I'm not creating this for you and you have to do as I say not as I do you are creating this and I will make it what you want okay so literally, the, and, and all religions have that. And that's what I was leading up to when you got here. That was what I was talking about and showing when you uh, came in. So my question has always been what? And then you're I'm asking the wrong question. And then the answer was fix. And so in my dream, again, the same scenario came up that uh, I was pondering for seven years uh, up until uh, you know 2015 or so. Uh, and and literally in my mind's eye, in my dream, the same scenario was playing out. And the answer was, you're asking the wrong question. You don't need to be looking for the thing that's causing this. You need to just fix it by fixing them. So this guy uh, was there and he was going to help me, even though he was one of these people that were under the spell. Uh, and he was trying to help me. And, but then he pulls out a knife and starts cutting off his left index finger. And I uh, stopped him. Uh, and, and he was very proud that he was doing it and they did it as if they were hypnotized, uh, as if they were mindwashed, uh, mind, you know, brainwashed. And I stopped him and I took the knife from him and he wasn't bleeding, but his arm, his finger was cut to the bone. And I reached over and grabbed hold of his finger. And when I did, I'm a Reiki master teacher. When I did a light came out of my hand, illuminated and it healed him instantly. And he looked at me and went, wow. And I watched the energy go through his entire body and his focus changed and he looked at me and he said, thank you. And I said, we need to tell everyone. And he said, I don't have that ability. How, how can I do what you did? And I said, yes, you do. And I put my hand over his heart. And again, my hand illuminated and it went into his heart. And it, what did it do? It, it aligned his heart chakra. It opened his heart chakra, which opened his third eye. And as soon as that happened, I looked at him and said, now you go and do the same thing and tell them to do the same thing and pass this on to everyone. And so literally that was a metaphor for, and this is why I went to the backstory, because it was the same metaphor as to what I was asking about the earth, which is the same metaphor of what Jamie Watson Wolf, in her reading of me in on her group yesterday was uh, talking about that. W- literally, then I have this thing happen where that I'm when I'm sleeping, I'm literally still working out of body that I never actually rest. My body rests and my spirit leaves and I'm doing more work. And then I come back into the body when I'm needed or when I wake up. And then I wake up and sometimes feel like I've been awake all night long. And uh, then I go about the day uh, doing what I do here. And then I go back and lay down at night and go to sleep. My spirit leaves and I go and I do more shit in other realms and other dimensions and come back. That's no, that's no joke. And so she said, you literally are doing this and talked about the earth and fixing the earth and the ley lines and and literally then i have this dream and some could say well she influenced my dream but i've already had this exact same scenario which is why i brought up uh, what i was going through Uh, about seven years ago, which she didn't know about because I never talked about it. So literally somehow I affected her, if you don't believe any of this, without me telling her. And then she affected me for my dream, which all of them were the same exact reoccurring thing, which is the exact same thing that is told in every Bible. So so even if you want to look at it in any way that I was just influenced, I was influenced by all the religions on this earth because they all have a version of the story which was locked away until the time in the future, way in the future, in the end days, For people to decipher, which I can now decipher, by the way. I can read every single scroll and tell you what it means. And there's only a couple people on the planet I've ever met that can do that. And I actually have that ability. And I've hid that for a year and a half from the world. Hid the fact that I can read the scrolls because I I thought I was crazy. And I was waiting for other people to be knowing what I know. And yet they don't. So I'm writing about it in my book. (laughs) And I'm going to be teaching it as we go. And it's not as crazy as everybody thinks, but it is when I tell it, it sounds stupid uh, and it sounds crazy and it can't be true. And then it, it because it's actually very simple, which is weird. Uh, but then again, it, everything really is when you actually are awake and you see everything in this world and this earth, the way it actually works, it actually becomes very simple and you go and you laugh and go, I can't believe I didn't see this and thought it was something crazy big. And it's actually very simple. But it is actually crazy big. But when you realize it, it, it it isn't crazy. It's like when you're looking for your keys and you find them, you don't look for your keys anymore. People always go, you never notice they're in the last place you ever look? Well, yeah, because who keeps looking for shit after they find it? Nobody. So whenever you find something, it's the last place you look because you're not going to look anymore for it. It's the same thing with the universe. When you unlock the universe, you don't keep unlock, trying to unlock the universe. You look for what you miss. So that portion that you unlock becomes very simple because you've unlocked it. But for other people, it's completely foreign. Okay. So Ra is talking about that, literally using the human psyche to show people in a physical way. And this is literally the physical manifestation around the earth of the spirituality of the earth and the people on it, which is you. As well, you are literally. This is what Jesus and Muhammad and these other people, Moses in the all the Eastern, Western Judeo-Christian realities, uh, Thor, what Odin was saying. These these same people around the earth, Marduk was was another version uh, of this. When you go around the earth to these other people, Vishnu was telling the same story, uh, and that literally it's trying to get your attention. The, the gods of uh, you know of Thoth. The entire Emerald Tab- Tablets of Thoth, I can actually tell you what all those mean. All of the, every single chapter is actually the same story, but there's many layers to it. Same thing with the Book of the Dead. Uh, I can tell you what that means. <laughs> it's the same thing, different gates. Uh, and those gates are uh, different chakra points of the human body, but uh, also of the spiritual uh, realm as well. Uh, and that's the ascension uh, and going to the immortal realm. Uh, it's the same story. I could explain all of that to everybody. Um, and because I actually get it where other people will say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. So you explain it to me. Well, I can't, you can't know it because it's locked up in time for, no, no, but I do. I have a version. And if you think I'm wrong, prove it, right? I'm not trying to say I made something up because I didn't, I didn't. I read a scroll, which is gone. <laughs> I read a scroll and translated a scroll that was 17 chapters long. and I And I deciphered 17 chapters of code work. And then when I did it, it disappeared off of the 17 sheets of paper in front of me and off of my screen on my computer. And I was not asleep because I had gone to sleep because of the day before I started looking at it and went, I've been drinking too much alcohol. I can't figure this out. I need to go to bed and come back tomorrow. And tomorrow I wasn't drinking. And I sat down and started doing it. And I wrote all this stuff out and then read it. And then after I read it, it was literally the story from the Bible that read this. And then it disappeared off the, off the paperwork that I wrote it on and was locked up in my head. The difference is, that being locked up in my head gave me the ability to to actually figure out and tell people what they say. Every scroll I've picked up since. Even the ones I had no idea what they meant before. Okay. So, right? I know Denise is like, wow. Yeah. Right? So, li- literally, most people, Penny, you're absolutely right. Penny says, uh, Leonard, I've, I've always thought that I was uh, doing the same thing. She's referring to about when she said, when I sleep. She says, "I have the the strongest feeling uh, that I am busy doing other stuff. You are almost everyone is does that. You just don't aren't aware of it. Uh, and when you when you unlock and, and ascend, you unlock this in your in yourself. Uh, you start to realize that it's part of the ascension process. You start to realize that when your body goes to sleep, your soul doesn't need any sleep, so it goes off to do other things. <laughs> You're a guide to some people. Uh, you know that's why um, Merlin uh, has a saying." Uh, You know, when Merlin showed up in Arthur's dreams uh, and uh, he said to uh, Merlin, he said, Merlin, is this a dream? And uh, uh, Merlin said to Arthur, I am a dream to some and a nightmare to others. And he disappeared. Uh, it because, it because that's the, the truth of, of, of that work is for some, you are a dream and to others, you are a nightmare. It just depends on what their uh, polarization is. So you guys all are unaware of this, but you're far more than this physical body. And when the physical body has to sleep and rest... You go to sleep and when you go into the subconscious, that is when you're allowing your subconscious mind, which its job is to control your body and to keep it breathing and and all your blood circulating and the heart pumping and your food and everything digesting and your healing of your body. Your body does that. You leave. You're attached to it by that tether, by that string, but you leave. Your spirit takes off and does other things. Sometimes you go and talk to your higher self. Sometimes you go and talk to your guides. Sometimes you're in schools learning. Sometimes you're in another realm fighting in, a, in, a, you know, in another war. Sometimes you go into one of the other bodies that you occupy, either in this reality or another one, and you wake up there and spend eight hours there and go back to sleep there and leave and come back to your body here. You just get veiled everywhere you go so you don't remember it. As you ascend, that veil becomes thinner and you start to realize um, that that you start bringing some of that with you, right? So you start bringing some of that with you. So Rick says, "I have no idea, but I wake up and I'm not refreshed." So that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you wake up and you're tired, and but you don't feel physically tired, but you feel mentally tired. That's because you were off running around and you came back at the last second, so you didn't get any real rest, and that sometimes translates, uh, Rick, into. Uh, when you wake up and you go, fuck, I feel like I was running a marathon last night. Sometimes your body feels beat up too. That's usually when you had whatever it was you were doing was pretty strenuous. So you weren't just talking to your guides and hanging out. You went somewhere, uh, in that other realm. I talked about that for years. And you ever know that place that you go to where you're fighting a war on magic and there's all these people around that, you know, but there's not a lot of you. And sometimes you run into them in here and you go, I know you from a different place, but I don't know where that's a real place. So sometimes you go and stand on the wall. And fight off the hordes of evil by yourself. And that was what uh, what they were showing you with Gandalf when he held off Belrog and said, you shall not pass. Uh, that is literally what we do in a different realm. And it's literally one of us at a time. And uh, that's where the Vikings came up with the berserk, uh, the berserkers in the Viking folklore. And that's uh, a berserker. You're, you stand by yourself. And you hold off an entire army of legions of darkness. Watch that movie, by the way. That was the same thing where Gabriel comes down here. Uh, I think it's Gabriel comes down and he's standing alone with uh, some just a few humans fighting the entire legion. That's the movie. You should look it up. Uh, of, of uh, angels that have now turned dark because God has decided to end the human race. Uh, but Gabriel doesn't believe that it should happen. And he comes down here and there's, and you have uh, a uh, a Joseph and Mary and a little baby who is the Savior that's going to be born of the human race. So it's literally the same concept happening in a modern day. Uh, and one one person stands against the army of darkness. And uh, again, the, there was a movie made by Sam Raimi called the army of darkness, which was the same concept put into a, a horror film comedy, which is the same thing of one person standing against a whole army of darkness and descending into this evil place uh, and having abilities in his brain that made him smarter than everybody else with his boomstick, which was a shotgun. And uh, and it was a funny comedy, but the storyline is the exact same as the one I just told you. It's the same story uh, that Sam Raimi wrote in a in a like a zombie fashion movie called Army of Darkness, which is a cult classic that he did after he wrote um, Evil Dead Part One and Two, uh, which you should watch those as well. He invented the steady cam in the movie Evil Dead, which is now uh, universal. Everyone on this earth uses the the steadicam uh for anyone who has a, a holster on their body of a camera filming anything that cam was invented and it was just a skateboard with wood on it originally when and guys were pushing the the thing and then eventually they started putting it on the body and created this dip gyro uh which would keep it steady whether you were running or not and then now they use that for robots so what the the technology that sam raimi invented for the steady cam is now translated into AI and all cameras everywhere, uh, including cameras that they hook onto cars, on helmets, everything that you're running in it. The camera stays steady is because of uh, the technology that he, Sam Raimi invented for this horror movie called Evil Dead. <laughs> stupid little things that I know, Sam Raimi fan. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of stupid little things that I know. Okay, so... So that is, so that is just get away from that and get back on point. So the so the point here is that the mission um, might be taking a turn, and I've been re- reluctant always to charge money. And uh, people around me have been saying, it's time, it's time. And then literally, Dimitru shows up (laughs) and says, dude, you should be charging. How much do you charge? You should be getting compensation for your energy. You're absolutely right. I published this book and it's going to be doing the same thing. So I I now believe that I do need to start reaching out and start going into this and start charging people money to do this uh, and go forward so that I can make a living for myself so that I can continue doing what I'm doing. Uh, because I do have to soon probably put my mother into a home. uh, And then that means I'm going to have to have uh, an income to take care of myself. So um, that is something that I'm working on uh, behind the scenes currently. And that's funny that Dimitri shows up just in time to tell me that. (laughs) And I don't know where he went, so I don't know if he went to one of the chats that I can't see now. Um, uh, And Cassie's also quiet, so maybe the two of them are talking, uh, which is very possible. I'm all right with that. I just, you know. So, yeah, great movie, Penny. I agree. Okay, so let's get back into Raw, and I'm going to get off here soon. I went way longer than I wanted to go. I'm not playing Raw this week. I wanted to finish the session, but it doesn't look like we're going to, so I'm going to be leaving here probably in about 20 minutes. So let's get in what we can here. We only have five minutes left, four minutes left of this session.
1: 20.34 questioner. Well, then, did Orion entities do this themselves? Did they? Did they land in physical... Or did they do it from mental planes? Or did they use one of the incarnate entities to construct these by thought? Ra, I am Ra. Nearly all of these structures and formations were.
0: Ra. Okay. See. Sorry, Cassie. I'm getting ready to leave too. I, you know, I'm just going to go a little bit longer here, and I got to get off here by six at the latest. So I'm trying to push through some of this here because there's only three minutes left of the three and a half, three minutes fifty seconds left of the session.
1: Were constructed at a distance by thought. A very few were created in later times in imitation of original constructs by entities upon your earth plane slash density. 20.35 questioner, what density Orion entity did the creation of these heads?
0: See, now i got to stop there. I, I have to stop here, not because of what Raw said, but because of what Peter just said. Okay, so, so we'll be finishing raw next week. I'm going to put this up on the screen and read this to you. Peter says, because I was talking about my dreams, Peter said, I just had a dream the other night. We were all sitting in the circle of life. And I was in the middle, I was in the middle, uh, and uh, let's see, I was in the middle, given the knowledge of the Omega, and I just uh, thought that I would uh, let that be known. So, okay, so literally, if you think about the Bible, literally, um, when Moses went up the mountain to talk uh, to the burning bush, God said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So three, six, and nine, right? Nine is nine and zero, at the same time that is the alpha and the omega the omega omega is zero point that's why it has the the symbol of the o the omega and so literally peter is saying that we had he had a dream and that we were all sitting in a circle sitting in the circle of life and he was given he was in the middle which would be where the omega the zero point is and he was given the knowledge of omega right <laughs> he was given the knowledge of the Omega. All right, so it's this, this. Literally, he he had a dream the other night that was manifesting the same way that my dream was manifesting, in uh, in that you're asking the wrong question. You don't have to stop them. You just have to become the solution. And the zero point is the balance and is everything. It's the all. It's the infinity. And so literally, Peter had the same dream that manifests to him in a different way that was unique to his understanding. And I had the exact same dream this morning or last night, however you want to look at it. And I had the exact same knowledge given to me that was given to Peter in his dream. So as soon as I read that, I was like, okay, I'm done talking about uh, we'll be finishing raw next week and moving on next week because I wanted to get that in that literally Peter had the same type of dream that I had, and it manifests to him in a different format. But it was the exact, and he realized it was the exact same concept. My concept was, in my dream, was the same. It was, you're asking the wrong question. I was asking the question in the nine energy, the in the mundane, in the 3D, in the, in the illusion of, I have to find this physical person. And then I was told by my ancestors, that's the wrong that's the wrong focus. Your focus should be what? Inward or outward. And instead of trying to go and stop the person from doing this, you have to be thinking infinity and just fixing it and writing it. And that was the contemplation I had for years of my life that about seven years ago, I got the answer to. And then when I was going to go write my book, I was like, why am I doing this? Because it's not for you. It's for them. That's the same concept told in a different story. So literally over and over in my life, every time I've questioned uh, what I was doing and why I was doing it, the answer has always been the same. And Peter, who I know has been questioning the same thing in this last two weeks, because we all have, and he's voiced that or he's been having issues as well. Uh, And wondering if he's going to walk away from everything and what he's going to do. He has the dream, just like I did. And I was told last week that I was that I needed by a psychic by uh, what's her name? Uh, O'Neill O'Rourke. Is her name Bridget? I can't remember her name. Uh, But she's related to me because my grandmother, my mother's side of the family is O'Rourke's. And uh, she looks like the family. I just haven't talked to her to find out where we're related. We're a few generations apart, but we're related. And I literally was on her show uh, last week. And she said to me, you need to drink more water. And you need to change what you've been eating. And make sure you get back to eating good stuff. Because you've gotten off of eating really good stuff lately. And you've gotten kind of lazy. And I have with my cooking. Uh, But she didn't know that. And she says, so they're telling me that you need to clean house. Because there's changes that are coming, and I was already told in 2023 money was going to come. Well, how is that going to come if I don't, I'm not doing something to earn it? And I've been reluctant to do that. And so all of the things in my life in the last months leading up to now have been telling me the same thing, uh, get prepared, start cleaning house. Uh, and She was saying for you personally. And so she wasn't saying anything like you're going to be moving unnecessarily, but that you... I need to make sure that you're drinking enough water. And then, of course, literally while I'm doing, Cassie uh, was there and uh, Denise was there and I think Penny was there. Yesterday, the first thing that, uh, that Jamie Watson Wolf gets after she says, "When the sky cracks open, you will see." Oh, wait—they're telling me to drink more water. I have to go and get water. I didn't say it to her that's funny because yesterday I was told by a psychic that I need to drink water because of what I'm going through, and I knew that I didn't have enough water in my system, that I wasn't drinking enough water, but and it was getting hotter, and I just assumed that it was because of that. It wasn't. It's the energy that I'm transmuting. And it's getting hotter outside. So the ambient temperature has me burning more water. But I teach people all the time, like the movie Dune, which I just watched or the or, uh, the, the new movie, which ends at the end of the first book. So if you've ever watched the movie, the one with Jason Momoa and went, what, how can they end it there? That's just the end of the first book. There's actually uh, three. Well, there's actually eight books, but three, four in the main story. And then they had extended after that. I don't know if, uh, if uh, uh, what's his name wrote that or not, but they did it extended after that. Uh, but The the books, the Dune saga, you should read them. uh, uh, Frank Herbert wrote those, and they did that. Jason Momoa was just like the book, so it wasn't very far off. If you ever read that book and saw that version of it, you're gonna go, "What? Yes, there was only a few things they changed, and they were small, minute things." Okay, so. All of these things I teach people, water is your life. And that's why I brought up Dune, because that was the motto of the Fremen uh, on Dune. Water is your life. And and there was a song by uh, Iron Maiden that they talked about that water is your life. And without it, you will die on the desert planet of of, called Dune. Uh, That's literally a song that Iron Maiden wrote after reading that book. Uh, And it literally talks about Dune uh, and uh, Dune Messiah. Uh, And uh, and the entire storyline of that, I forgot to bring that up. I don't think I've told anybody that. But you can find that from Iron Maiden. They wrote the song. I'm pretty sure it was Iron Maiden that wrote the song uh, called "Dune Messiah," and it's about Frank Herbert's book. (laughs) So uh, I know, Cassie, you got to go because you're driving, right? You guys are you about ready to leave to go driving? So I love you too, sister. Have a great time and um, uh, and enjoy yourself over there. And if and if uh, certain person's energy is is in any way interruptive let me know if you need a little bit of a boost but i'm sure you got this right so you guys will be good Uh, so drive safe and i'll see you on the other side so uh, meaning not after we die, um, meaning I'll see you after you get there. And if we ever commune between now and and uh, in, in the future, which we will, because we usually do, even when you're there, when you have a moment, you usually drop me a line and tell me how things are going. Uh, so drive safe, and have a good trip. So uh, literally, so then Peter brings up this dream and his dream is literally telling him the same thing and that he was at zero point. That's why he was at the center of the circle and that he was given the knowledge of Omega, which is the zero point. Uh, And and he didn't get into, yeah, a great song, right? I agree, Penny, that is a great song. Uh, uh, She saw that I said that she said, great song. It is a great song. Uh, If you guys are old Iron Maiden fans, that came out a long time ago. But, uh, you know, that was when Frank Herbert, I don't know when the books came out, but I read them when I was 17 years old or 16 years old when I read, I started reading the Dune books. I was in high school and uh, I was a, a, a sophomore in high school. That's how far back that goes, right? So we're talking about the 80s, mid 80s, because I would have been 20 in 87. So this was in 85, 84, 85, somewhere around there, right? Maybe a little, somewhere right around there. So I don't know when Frank Herbert wrote the books, but that was when I read them. Uh, but I read Tolkien uh, just a year or two before that. And I guess he had written Tolkien, had written uh, the, the those books for uh, Lord of the Rings, like in the 40s. Um, 45 to 49 or something when he published those. Um, But then I was reading a lot of those books from the English writers uh, that were all in the forties in England. Um, You know, Phil K. Dick and and a lot of those guys that were, that were writing all this famous sci-fi that 90% of all science fiction movies made in America in the last 35 years were from these guys. (laughs) Literally, I just watched, uh, um, um, Oh, what was it called? The the it was Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep was the book by Philip K. Dick, uh, and the movie was um, Blade Runner. I just watched Blade Runner uh, 2049 uh, for the first time. I hadn't seen it. I just watched that last weekend, uh, and uh, and then watched Dune right after that. Uh, so by two of my fame most famous writers that I loved all their books, and I read Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep and saw the movie. Blade Runner back in the 80s, and they made, uh, you know, 20, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they made, uh, or 10 years ago now, made, uh, um, you know, uh, 2049, which was an extension of that. But that was never a book that I know that Philip K. Dick wrote. But they did extend it. It was kind of cool the way they did it, uh, and I liked that that they that they did that because they did that with Tron too. Uh, when they did T- Tron, uh, the second movie, which was really good. They added to it, and Tron came out in 1982. And the second movie that Jeff Bridges did was in, like, 2010 or something, <laughs> right? Uh, and so uh, that was cool stuff. But the, the, the morals of these stories are the same. They're still teaching you the same stuff. Uh, and uh, that's the same uh, – these guys that were writing these books – were very awake and they were they had to have been. And if they weren't, uh, their messages were uh, channeled to them in their books because the when you look at the stories, and I'm not, I don't try to apply, I'm a scientist. So when people say, oh, you're just trying to apply those things to make them sound that way, I'm not. I refuse to say that. So when I say things about these religions and tell you like about the Christos and Christ, I've researched that. I haven't just turned on that video for the first time and said, this is the way it is. I've been researching religions my entire life I didn't talk about the the Ragnarok and the cracking of the sky until my father came through in a psychic the other day and said uh, when the when the sky is cracked open you will see and that's literally the illumination of the third eye and that's literally only told that way by Thor cracking the using letting his hammer fly and cracking the dark sky cracking the blackened sky with Mjolnir, lightning, the illumination uh, rod or hammer that he cracks open the sky so that people can see. And the reference came through by my father about that. And it, and then everything he said after that was, uh, was the messages uh, that were esoteric for me to understand because of the reference. Uh, and he had uh, uh, came through before and, you know, talked about it there. And then when he then was talking about the mission, mentioned the word mission and then said, we can't talk about it here. He was already talking about it. It's just nobody else knew that but me (laughs) because it was very esoteric and you had to know the reference of the first words out of her mouth. And then she quit to go and get water because she needed water Uh, And they were and she she even said when she took a drink, hold on, I got to take a drink of water. They told me to. Then she said, when the when the sky cracks open, you will see. Then she said, I got to get up and get more water. She was driven to do that. That was them showing me again. I'm not transmuting enough water for the energy that I have to transmute. So I've upped my water, and right now I'm probably uh, uh, you know not enough water in my system. I haven't drank enough today. So I'll be dousing myself for the next three hours while I'm sitting silent, not speaking, letting my voice heal. So the message is coming through and it's clear. uh, and, And they keep telling us, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And we bitch about it behind the scenes and don't tell you guys about that. Uh, because they're not down here, and they laugh. And even uh, Jamie Watson Wolf said that one day when she was laughing and saying, "Yeah, they're laughing because they're saying only you guys were crazy enough to go down there to do what you're doing, not us." Uh, and so they admit they know. And even though we give them a hard time, I give them a hard time. But the but the shift is happening in a way that uh, that we've we've been um, wanting and but not having the clarity to be able to see. Uh, the fruits of our labors. And so it's coming through in different ways that are manifesting for those of us here to see. Do you see, right? Um, Right. Careful with raw Vegas. Are you talking about the Vegas nerves? Is that what you're saying there? (laughs) I'm not sure if that was the reference you meant, Rick, but that's, that's funny that you say that. Careful with raw Vegas. Um, Yeah, the 80s. 80s were, were actually really, they were really, the music of the 80s, 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s uh, rock worldwide um, was this movement of spirituality that everybody, because of the psychedelic drugs they were doing, uh, they were literally uh, ascending in a way that we're doing now without the psychedelic drugs. Uh, and then we're doing that too. We're doing ayahuasca and, and DMT and, and high THC, uh, and um, that's literally uh, making us ascend even higher uh, than they were back then. Opening the doors, like the band The Doors. So I agree with you. The music that came out of from the 60s through the 80s was very, very awake. And then they tried to put everybody to sleep during the 90s because they saw what was happening with uh, Gen Xers in the in the 80s. Coming, you know, the ones that were born in the 60s. Uh, And they were afraid of the Gen Xers. And then when these Gen Y and Gen Z were coming through so awake, they had to put everybody to sleep. So they tried. So the music had to take a different tone and turn. And and it did. Uh, The same people are still out there doing it that were doing it before. So they just changed their lyrics to to, uh, hide what they were doing. And then this screeching death metal came in that they don't understand anyways they can't, it's too fast for them, and that's too guttural. So when you hear those guys singing, everyone thinks they're satanic. Again, like they did in the 60s, they thought they were all satanic. And they're actually preaching the same thing. Uh, there's bands out there that I uh, have been following and show people the different songs that they're literally singing about self-empowerment and spiritual awakening. But it sounds like they're saying evil shit because uh, 90% of the population doesn't even understand how they're, what the word's coming out of their mouth because they're using that voice, which is the weirding way from dune uh for those of you who have actually watched dune the the weirding voice that they use doesn't come across in that movie as well as it does when you read the book or the first movie of dune that was made in the 80s that um the voice they used the weirding voice they used there was a little more deep and guttural and had an echo that echoed in your mind a methodical echo and this one is sped up a little bit and it's not as aggressive uh, and, uh, and, um, I like that they showed the part where, uh, Paul tries to, when they're in the, the thopter, uh, that look like, uh, dragonflies, uh, they actually are, uh, or describe the same way in the book, by the way, where they literally were like ornithopters, uh, that moved like dragonflies and, and flew, and uh, they look like dra- our dragonflies that we have on earth. Which is where they got them from, because you have to remember they're a water world. So the the Atreides were on the planet of Atreides was a water world, and so they ma- they manufactured their their planes, their ships uh, from dragonflies that they had on their planet. You had to have read the books to know that. <laughs> they didn't tell you that in the movie, but that's why they look like dragonflies and and operated like dragonflies, because that's where they. Because you always mimic what you see. That's why our airplanes look like birds soaring here on Earth. We mimic the birds. And that's what we make our planes uh, with the lift of the bird wings. Well, they had dragonflies that were larger than the ones we have here. And so they made their planes uh, work just like dragonflies because they mimic the birds of their planet. That's told in the book but it's not told in the movie. They never they never translate everything 100%. Books are always better than uh, than the uh, movies. But the movies are great visually, but they're never up to what you visualize from the, what the author tells you. Uh, that's why I always tell somebody, read the book, man. If you think that movie was good, read the book. <laughs> always. I have never seen a movie that, unless the movie was written first and then you know the screenplay and then they wrote a book about it. Uh, then it's just like the movie. But if you've ever read a, uh, saw a movie, that was made a book first, um, don't read the book first and then go see the movie because you will be disappointed always. Um, but you, but, it, but if you do, you, you have to be in that mindset of it's never going to be as good. That movie Dune, when Frank Herbert wrote the books, and even in the, in the 80s when I was reading them, they actually said about those books that these are the books that they will never ever be able to make into movies because of the technology and the way things worked in the books. Okay. So you have to realize that that is how advanced when he wrote them. That's why I think he wrote them in the forties. It was so advanced, the technology and the things that he talked about that they, they literally, the world said they'll never be able to film this because we never have the technology to do this. We do have the technology now to do all what he wrote in the books, but they still haven't done hundred percent of it. I will tell you this from watching the movies even that one that just came out 2 years ago in 2021 or yeah 2021 from Jason Momoa that still is not 100% the technology from the books but to their to their defense the first uh, book is pretty simple uh, in basic so they did a good job They did a 98% uh, uh, rendering from the movie, but the technology like the shields um, in this are very invisible. And in the the movie in the eighties, they were very square and and hard to see through Uh, and that they were kind of like that, but they had to be like that in our technology for you to see them. Whereas in the movie in this one, you don't even see the, 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 the uh, shields at all. You only see the, the, uh, the colors, of the striking uh, or the red as somebody's penetrating slowly through the shield. So the shield becomes inconsequential uh, in this movie in a way that I didn't like. They should have given it more of a sheen uh, uh, appearance uh, to, to let you see the shield there at all times, even though they're trying to do it realistically, because realistically in the book you didn't get to see the shield. Okay, so I get that. So for people that are true Puritans to the book, that was a great job because the way that you saw it in this movie with Jason Momoa is exactly the way the visual was in the book. But the book uh, gave you a different uh, image of what was happening physically so that it painted uh, the image in your head more than the visual does in the in the movie uh, to to give you the realization that there is a shield here that cannot be penetrated by anything except for something that moves very, very slow. And that's why you see that, that uh, one of the guys gets shot in his shield from behind, and it, and it goes through. And, it, and I think that they were trying to say that was Duncan, Idaho. Um, but I don't believe – no, no, that was how um, – uh, uh, no, it was Duncan, Idaho, not Gurney Halleck. So it was Duncan, Idaho um, that got shot there because because I, I was trying to figure it out during the movie. I was thinking, wait a minute, did they just do this wrong? Um, because at the end of the first book, you don't know what happens. You 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 see you don't actually see either one of them die, by the way. <laughs> so, but you see uh, you you see uh, uh, the, you know Gurney Halleck goes missing. He's out on the on the on the tarmac and charges at the uh, at the uh, um, Harkonnen's uh, with his men. Um, in the movie or in the book, he had a dog, he had a pug in his hands. He picked up the pug because the emperor. Uh, the the Harkonnens um, had a a pug as a pet and he grabbed the pug because the pug was running around the palace and he had the pug in his hand. In the old movie in the 80s, he had that pug in his arm, uh, in his left arm when he charged in a battle. In this movie, they just left the dog out uh, completely. That actually played a part and um, later on it plays a part too, but obviously they've, they've edited that part out for this version unless it comes back somehow. Uh, but he was he was in battle. He had the pug tucked into his uh, uh, still suit and uh, they charged out uh, into the onto the tarmac. And he led the assault against the Harkonnens. And you don't see him again. Uh, and he disappears, but he's not dead. He'll reappear. I know that's a, uh, you know, I'm telling uh, for those of you who haven't read the books, you know, if you have read the books, you know, If that only of that first movie is the only one that you saw. There's two more movies coming. <laughs> there's two more movies coming. Uh, because that's book one. Uh, and then I, that was a spoiler alert. I just gave you a little bit of insight into Duncan Idaho that he's not, he's, he's not dead he's going to reappear. So, uh, I apologize for some people that uh, I'm going to ruin the, the movie when it happens, but you should have read the books. And if watching that first movie didn't spawn you to pick going buy uh, Frank Herbert's Dune sagas and read those books, you're crazy. Cause there's, I think there's four books. trying to remember how many there are i know there's at least three but i think there's four so if they do one uh there'll be three movies at least unless they combine uh any of the books they did that with the first movie if you go and watch the first movie uh that was back in the 80s they tried to combine all four books into one movie which was about three and a half hours long or four hours long uncut um and they did an okay job but there was a there was stuff they obviously had to cut out uh that they couldn't have in scenes i saw them cut out of this one too um, there was a scene where um, Gurney Halleck sings a song for uh, Paul Atreides just before they do the first fight when he tells them that, that moods are a thing for cattle and love play and arm yourself. Through. He sang a song first and then attacked him. In this, they didn't show that. But in the first one, in the long version, uh, which was well over four hours, they did show that. And in the um, uh, series, the series that they filmed, it was in it. So... Uh, there's different tellings, and people, for time constraints, pull scenes out that are not constant; they're inconsequential. Um, but the song was consequential, anyways. <laughs> so I'm going to stop here because now I'm just going over and, and giving a review of that movie. <laughs> um, but the stories are the same, and it's the same storyline of the Christos of the Christ, and they and uh, these books were written, uh, you know, 60, 70, 80 years ago. Some of them. And uh, they were telling the same story again and again and again. Uh, It's the same with with everything. And that's hard for some people to get. But I see that uh, not because I'm trying to apply it. It's I see these things happen. And um, literally, Peter just went through the same metaphoric dream that I went through that was tailored to his knowledge And I didn't ask him what was told, but I have an idea of what that knowledge was that he was told, because I literally had the same waking dream. And that's why I brought up Paul Trades, because he was having the same waking dreams uh, in the Dune Saga. uh, And uh, that actually was uh, why I brought that up and how that fits in. And Raw literally... That's why I'm leaving it here so we can pick it up next week. Raw is saying that they literally did the same thing with the entire human existence, looked into the mind's eye of the human psyche of the the tree of life at the zero point and got the images that would most tantalize the the human psyche of questioning and hunting for and being drawn to in a physical way, in a spiritual way, and in every way on this earth, and those of us, and this is why Peter brought that up, I'm sure, uh, those of us, that is what we're here to do, and it's what's also happening to us at the same time. All of that is esoteric, and it all leads back, all roads lead to Rome, all roads lead to zero point, the tree of life, that's why I brought up where the tree of life, you can walk outside and go and touch the tree at the base of the tree, and that is literally zero point for the tree, And that is where your heart chakra is. That is where the tree's heart chakra is. And that's why when people would go to chop trees down, they're they're spiritually minded, especially the Celts, and they would go and knock on a tree up high and knock it all the way down to the ground. And you would never uh, chop the tree down and pull the roots out. You would chop the tree and you would leave the root system there because that's the heart of the tree. And the tree can then grow back from that. It's only when you go and pull a, a stump out of the ground that you kill the tree completely. And so that's why you would see when they would cut trees down in the forest, they would never remove the trees completely. They would just cut them down to and leave about a foot or two above the earth and leave that tree there because the tree will route, will sprout a new tree from that and grow up from that and become a, a, another tree again in, in another you know 500 to 1,000 years or 150 years. But if you go below the ground and you uproot the tree, the tree will die and never never grow again. That's why lumberjacks cut the trees and leave the stumps there. And people are like, why do they always leave the stump? Well, because they can't use it. No, that's not That's not why. Originally, the reason why was if you leave that tree there, you're leaving the heart of the tree and the soul. You drive the soul down into the tree by knocking on the wood. That's where knock on wood comes from, by the way. You knock on the wood and knock down Because you tell the tree, we're going to use you. So we're going to cut you down for firewood or to build a house or whatever. And we need this uh, wood. And so you don't harm the tree by letting the tree know. And you knock on the tree and drive its soul in. And the tree hides in the earth. And you cut off everything that's above. But you leave the tree alive. And the tree that is life, the life-giving portion of the tree at zero point, then grows again and uh, renews and comes back as a new tree. And you leave that part, that part of the forest alone and you go to another part and then you let the trees grow back up and that's called forestation and it's a sustainable uh, forest. That's literally how things were done in the old days, in the old ways on this earth from everywhere until recent times when we cut the trees down and pulled the roots out to get them out of the fucking way so we could pave over it with with stone and, and asphalt and, and put a parking shop on there in a, in a fast food restaurant. Do you see? So we're destroying all of nature to make room for ourselves and not giving anything back. And that's why we're wanting to return people to the old ways. And that it means in many different ways. It doesn't mean we have to give up all technology and put on animal skins and live in tents, although that would be a really good start. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we have to do all of that and get rid of this technology. We have to use it wisely. And that was a message that somebody was just telling me. Was that Jamie talking about A.I.? Um, saying that about uh, AI being used properly, uh, that AI doesn't have to take over, that AI can be used properly. Yes, because she was talking about them seeing things from the other side and how there there was a shift and uh, that they were having a problem with the shift because uh, they can't see the future. And I was referring to that uh, in the chat and answering that that, uh, things are hard for them to see on the other side. And uh, so they were saying that AI used properly is a good thing, uh, but then there's the split of of AI taking over and AI not. Uh, So our technology can continue to go the way it's going if we're not using it as weapons and we're not letting it weaponize and manifest into the matrix like the movies. All right, guys. I love you guys. I got to go. It's it's after six. I got to get dinner ready. Got to eat dinner. Uh, Have a great weekend. Um, I, you know, here I go three hours again. I was not planning that, but I did. Uh, So a lot of people don't listen to my show because it's too fucking long. But again, all of the good shit happens in the last couple hours of my show. (laughs) All right, guys, have a great night. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week.